Welcome to the Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Monday, March 21st, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. Had a little bit of a, a shift in direction this morning. We were going to be interviewing Vanessa Bealy, Eva Bartlett, and Alex Thompson for a round table about Ukraine, which is still going to happen. That was planned for today. We're going to plan it now for Thursday this week. So it'll be live and we will be doing that. I just found it very interesting. Vanessa often has electricity problems with where she is, but Eva also simultaneously had some kind of a computer issue. It's just, (laughs) just, I'm telling you guys, I can't stop seeing. Now, maybe it's because I'm looking for it, confirmation bias, but I can't stop seeing how much this technocratic censorship, as I see it, like I'm not saying I'm proving that's connected to some kind of technocratic agenda, but I believe that. I believe that's where it's going, and I believe that is what we're looking at to some degree. Just like before when YouTube censorship was just as rampant as it is now, and everybody called it a conspiracy theory, or that the fact that their shots could cause myocarditis, or cause blood clots, or that there was a regime change in 2014 in Ukraine. It's conspiracy theory until it's proven to be the facts, and they still pretend it's not the reality. That's our, that's where we are in this society. It's It's embarrassing. But it's it's very obvious to see that there was censorship before that, especially since it continues to happen now under a guise that now it's justified before it wasn't happening because it was dangerous and fake news. The point is that I guarantee you it's happening now with the tools that they now have that they didn't before. I don't know why anybody why anybody would say that doesn't make sense. So as we see these new kinds of censorship, the hosting blocking or the from you know the domain level or throttling throttling your internet access not from the platform but that too but from an internet level you know we're watching this stuff happen i'm telling you i'm watching things happen with my phone plans or with wordpress like this i'm glad i remember that just now today i'm watching these really strange things happen with so for those that know i've got a private server from with hostgator and I, i i did this because of the censorship that was happening and it was overt it was verified in fact I think it was Veritas that leaked out that document from Google that showed that T-Lab was listed on their blacklist. This is very public. It is now anyway. And that's why I had to shift. Because in the moment that we shifted away from the server, everything worked perfectly instantly right back to where it was. The moment we were away from their kind of control. And that was GoDaddy as well. GoDaddy verifiably blocked my podcast and acted like we didn't know what was happening. It picked right back up and we joined the other server. Today, I'm seeing my site go down. Often. Every, you know, for five minutes at a time, every, every day or every other day and in more, multiple times a day. And I've called them and like, we don't know what's happening. We can't even see. And they're looking into it right now. And then just today on WordPress, I go in and, and or over the last week, I'm trying to update WordPress. For those that use a WordPress site, you know, this is important, even though I don't want to do it because I, who knows what they're, you know, really adding. So I'm like your Apple updates or phone, but I have not been able to update WordPress for the last two weeks or so. And I, every time I hit it, it says, you're good, you're up to date. But this thing pops up and says, you're not up to date. You better do this because of the problems that can occur. My point is, if you, after a period of time, don't update, sort of like with your phone, things don't work properly. So now, am I being refused from being an update? Because I'm trying to. You see, these are just the way I'm thinking. I don't know. It could just be a glitch. One of those many glitches. But we need to start asking whether these groups that are very overtly tied on the surface to the other groups that are openly saying we need to censor people like me. Or because they all have, I stand with Ukraine across everything they're posting everywhere. Google, WordPress, I mean, all these groups that are tied to these larger groups are, are making a political stance right now. So we need to ask whether or not that's happening. That's all I want people to think about. 
because I believe that's where we're going. Now, the point was, long-windedly, that we are going to have that great roundtable, and I can't wait for that. I'm really excited about that. Alex Thompson, I'm not incredibly familiar with, but I'll, I'll reference a, a, a interview Vanessa Bealy just had with him, and he's an expert on the topic in, in, in Russian policy and a lot of great things. And, of course, and as I understand it, even they have different differing opinions. That's that's why I was so excited about this is that this isn't some like we're all going to say that you're being lied to about this, which I, I probably would I'm going to argue that's probably one of the things we agree on. But there are differences of opinions that we're going to go over. So today, though, we're going to focus on Ukraine again, and we're going to talk about some of the information that has been coming out from Western Press included. The, one of the main points is from Wall Street Journal, and they're telling you, of course, they don't frame it the way that I believe it really is. But they're telling you they just found out that they're sending secretly acquired Soviet-era weapons to Ukraine. Hmm, what does that sound like? I don't know, like having some kind of a plausible deniability situation where you can use weapons and say, Russia just attacked these children and say they use these Russian weapons from before. I just, I mean, I don't know why that isn't the most logical possible thing to point at. Knowing they've committed things like this before, knowing that they've said they wanted to hurt those people, and then asking why in the world the U.S. government who is right now openly sending weapons to Ukraine, would secretly send Soviet-era weapons. Their argument is, well, we just wanted to figure out how they work so we could fight back. I'm not even making that up. Soviet-era, because that's what they use today, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just silly, but people buy this stuff. On top of that, of course, my mindset is being that's prepping some kind of false flag. Does that mean Russia hasn't done it or wouldn't do it? Or No, always no. Always possible. Evidence is all we need to prove these things. And of course, this isn't evidence to prove that they ha have or are doing them, but it's very obviously something we should ask. See, that's the proper framing of how we think about these things. But people hear us say, oh, they're defending Russia. And it's just, it's, it's, an, it's an ongoing process to continue to be objective in a world that is framing objectivity as like the biggest villain on the planet. It's incredible. But of course, the other topic we're going to get into again is some Azov battalion discussion and how this ties in with some of the misinformation that's coming out. I mean, you're st we're starting to see the Western press like openly cite Azov Battalion as a source, as they're now kind of going, well, yes, they are sort of neo Nazi, but but Russia bad though, <laughs> and that's their that's their that's where we are. So we're going to go through this again today and show you the information that they're hiding from you, misrepresenting and blindly taking from the very neo Nazis on the ground that they just said were bad before they weren't supposed to talk about it anymore. We're also going to show you what Russia is saying. Not that you should believe it blindly, because you should question everything, but that Russia has a lot of information coming out with documentation and videos on the ground, and nobody's talking about it unless you're a Russian shill, apparently in the Western context. But they're, they're showing you stuff about civilians being bombed, just like Ukraine is saying. They're showing you evidence about civilians being kettled and trapped by Ukraine on the ground, using them as human shields. But of course, Ukraine is saying, we're protecting people over here. Well, I've got an endless amount of evidence that shows you people that are screaming about how they're being brutalized by the Ukrainian people. Could it be fake? Yes, it could. But why isn't anybody talking about all this stuff? It's, it's infuriating because it, at the very least, it makes you start to want to look more at the other side of the story because they're not even pointing at it. They're acting like it doesn't even exist. That's not what an honest, objective journalist would do, as you all should know. Now, on top of that, we also have an interesting discussion about one of these specific cases. This recent, uh, what was it? I was just looking at it, a school, I believe, that they're claiming was was attacked. Just, I, I have the story in my head. I just want to make sure it was, in fact, again, that's, so there's been a lot of them. The maternity hospital is one of the ones we're going to talk about today. And how there is a, a absolute lack of evidence other than saying things happened. Not to say it didn't happen, but you're going to find that the source for that exact topic was none other than a specific major in the Azov Regiment. 
specifically. Not some fringe connection to it that they you know, we can defend against something else, but no, an actual neo-Nazi, they're going, this guy just said they hurt people. And everybody in the Western press blindly reported it. Could it have happened? Sure. But why wouldn't we ask whether it was carried out and blamed on Russia, exactly like the Washington, the Wall Street Journal is essentially admitting is possible? Before we get into all of that, I wanted to start off yet again. Oh, I just, oh, I forgot. Well, seeing as how I didn't do it, I won't do it now. I was going to play some, a, cl- a small clip in the beginning there, but I'll, I'm going to show you the clip of it as we get into in the beginning. So didn't need to say that at all. Let's start off with this again, just because. Oh, did I forget to post my Gitter post? Oh, let's try it again real quick. Let's make sure we post it. Oh, weird. Well, weird. There's an error. I wonder why. Let's do it again. Oh, whoops. I guess I already said it. Let's make sure it's on the post here on, on Getter. I'm just, I'm being facetious. You all know my point here. I'm getting increasingly frustrated that this isn't being addressed by Getter, by anybody, and I just am not able to post. The only reason it bothers me so much is these are platforms that are screaming about free speech and everything else. Now, I still don't know whether that's what's happening. I just, nobody seems to answer me. I'm not getting any responses, and I just think it's interesting. And somebody made the point, by the way, when I said Trump's platform. I'm not implying that Trump, like, the one that's been connected with Trump and the idea around that, I mean, that's the whole point of what Getter was supposed to be. That's all I meant. Not that Trump, like, personally owns this website. Just to be clear, to, to clarify. Now, starting off on a couple of the foreign policy points, I wanted to make this interesting. This contrast. We just talked about like the North Korea discussion where suddenly they're firing missiles again. And weirdly, they weren't doing anything for years. Even though I argue that wasn't really what was happening. The point is overall that the U.S. media just chooses not to care about the things that they were bleeding breathlessly about ending our democracy 30 seconds ago. So why is it that concerning then, but just today not even discussed? That that either means that it wasn't as serious then and they were just doing that to, to, to make you... I don't know, scared, emotion, express emotion so they can manipulate you. Or they just decided to hype it up because they were trying to achieve some kind of goal in that moment. These are things are happening. But how about something like this? Houthis attack the Amaramco facility. Do you remember that story? This is new. This is this was yesterday. Do you remember the last time that happened? This was like the the world was going to come to an end. Everybody lost their minds. Oh my God, the oil price and the whole, everything was about this topic for at least a week. It was out of control. What happens if they do this and they bomb it and Iran was probably involved and it was just this breathless story. It literally just happened again and nobody even cared. I mean, I shouldn't say it like that, but where is the breathless, I mean, everyone's pointing at some other direction. Couldn't this also blow into some kind of world war? Yeah. So why is this not as important? I just want us to reflect on it's only important, sort of like COVID-19, because the media decides to point at it, decides to hyperventilate about it, decides to report about cases and hospitalizations that you can't confirm in different contexts over and over and over every 30 seconds for three years. And so everyone goes, oh, my God, we must be in a problem. But if that wasn't there, if that suddenly stopped or it never began in the first place, would you be going COVID-19, COVID-19? Probably not. You probably wouldn't even realize it was happening. That's the control the media has, the corporate media. So as this continues, recognize that they just simply choose what they want to hype in front of you. Sort of like this, 14 displaced people, including seven children killed in Congo, which is disgusting and sad. A child dying anywhere is sad. According to the Red Cross. But let me ask you this. Where's the Red Cross about the 10,000 children that died in Yemen? In Yemen, excuse me. What about the tens of mil- the millions of displaced people from Syria over the years that the U.S. government caused? What about that? 
Now, yes, that was actually talked about by plenty of pretty much everybody. But nonetheless, right now, the point is they're focusing on this topic while ignoring what's happening all over the world. The starving populations in Venezuela, the right, the unbelievable war crimes that are regularly committed against the Palestinian people that Robert continues to point out that nobody cares about. There's always more sides to these stories. There's another side of it. There's context. There's maybe you could argue that I just don't understand it. Sure, that's possible. So why aren't we talking about it? It's still, a, it's still, I mean, let me, I, you know what, let me, just because I want to start off on this note because I feel like this is the point that I'm making and I just really feel like this, uh, oh, you know what, maybe I don't have it right here. I was going to play that clip of the, of, uh, the woman speaking in front of, I forget her name all of a sudden. Let me see if I can't find it really quickly because there's a lot, especially, I mean, the Irish Parliament seems to be all about it. I mean, a lot of different people standing up and speaking out against the overt contradiction of the Western foreign policy and the way that they pretend they're fighting for freedom and, in fact, doing the exact opposite to literally everybody they come across. But it's just, it's insulting to our intelligence to pretend that he's a war criminal, which he may be, while the person pointing at him has got far more on-the-record actions of overt war crimes than anybody you can look at. So how do you not stand back and go, but wait a minute, are they even being truthful about this? No doubt about it, we're living in times of catastrophic crisis where the lives of innocent civilians are sacrificed in the wars of their masters. Yes, in Ukraine, but not only. Since the last plenary, tens of thousands of Afghani citizens have been forced to flee in search of food and safety. Five million children face famine, an agonizing and painful death, a 500% increase in child marriages and children being sold just so they can survive. And by the way, just since she brings that up, we just talked about that in the last show. That's what she's talking about. She's talking about the Afghanistan occupation and the fact that they've allowed officers, officers in the police force, who, by the way, I just showed you, has been trained and predominantly funded by the U.S. government and trained by DynCorp, who has a history of human trafficking accused even by the U.S. government. And, and since they've been occupying that country and DynCorp has been in control of the, of the I think, 65 percent of the funding that came in, well, there's been a dramatic increase in child marriages with police, with officials in the police force. And there's been people on the record in the U.S. military who spoke on the record about listening to them abuse children. And their, and their commanders told them not to do anything about it. I mean, it's just this is the kind of stuff that's conducted under the auspices of the U.S. government around the world while pretending they're fighting for freedom, fighting for liberation as they destroy countries. Now, again, you can take offense to the fact that they would do it on purpose, but you can't deny that it happened. Our history, this government's history is undeniable. Stomping around the world, claiming to fight for freedom while destroying country after country after country after country after country. And not a mention of it. Not here, not anywhere. No wall-to-wall -wall TV coverage, no emergency humanitarian response, no special plenaries, not even a mention in this plenary. No Afghani delegations and no statements. My God, they must be wondering what makes their humanitarian crisis so unimportant. Is it the colour of their skin? Is it that they're not white? They're not European? That their problems come from a US gun or a U.S. invasion? Is it that the decision to rob their country's wealth was taken by a despotic U.S. president rather than a Russian one? Because, my God, all wars are evil and all victims deserve support. And until we get on that page, we have 
have no credibility whatsoever. Couldn't agree more. And but the point being, the main point is not to suggest that one side is right or one side is wrong, but that it's obvious that one side completely ignores what is caused even by its actions in the interest of freedom, if you want to look at it that way. The bottom line is if you bomb these people because you're trying to take out terrorists and you accidentally kill a bunch of children, well, you're supposed to be held accountable for that. But that does not happen, and we know that. Just look at what happened with WikiLeaks. We continue to point out what happened, the collateral damage video, and plenty of others that they've exposed. And who's in prison right now? The very person who exposed it. In fact, the person who facilitated the exposure of it. Not a single person who was actually exposed as committing crimes, most chief of which the U.S. government, have ever, ever been held accountable for that. This is where we are. So when we point at 14 displaced people in Congo, I guarantee you there's an agenda behind why they want you to look at that. That's my opinion. But the reality is there's every other place that they're currently destroying that are far more damaged and far more worthy of constant bleeding than one situation that has far less happening. They're all worthy of discussion, understand. But almost all of them have ties back to some sort of foreign policy agenda. Now, don't forget the rare earth minerals point. That's in all these places we're talking about, including Ukraine, lithium, and plenty of other things we're talking about here. Now, on top of that, we have something like this. This is 18 hours ago. U.S. determines Myanmar military committed genocide against the Rohingya, an official says. Interesting. Interesting this comes out now, first of all, especially since specifically Myanmar and the Rohingya people, Burma, for, for you know, inter interchangeable, is directly tied to people like Joe Biden. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it weird how all these things are kind of coming up at the same time? My point on this is simply that they want you to say, well, they did the bad thing. And why? Well, because the U.S. determines so. So the largest war criminal on the, on the planet is saying, well, you did bad things. We're going to decide you did bad things. Well, they would know, wouldn't they? But that's not what I think is happening. I think this is framing because it's about something that they want to achieve. Here, let's well, just in case you want my point, first of all, is that this is just being pointed at during all of this, which is interesting. But it's been going on for a long time. And if you've been following T-Lab, you know we've been covering it for a long time. So I always make this reference. If you haven't gone back in the archives of The Last American Vagabond, this, is, this site has been up for a decade or more. And there is a lot of stuff back there. It goes way back. I mean, you know, if you go, the further back you go, the more you'll find out that, you know, the more that I've progressed in this field, the more I've become more objective and become more dedicated to making sure that I vet and everything. But, you know, I've left all the stuff up in the, the, the beginning. Go back and look at the very beginning of our work and you'll find a lot of interesting conspiracy theory type topics. And But it's the same kind of stuff. It's stuff that we weren't afraid to talk about, even though they were we were being, oh, what a conspiracy theorist, just like today. But it goes back to stuff like this, too. Now, this one was written by Darius. Uh, I, I always mispronounce his last name. He was a writer for the anti-media. And at, which was one of the best sites on the on the web, and in my opinion, back then before it got just roundly just removed from everything. Carrie Wedler being a huge part of that. Here is from 2017. Activists are documenting the ethnic ethnic cleansing in Myanmar, but of course, Facebook is censoring their posts. Sound familiar? Let's think about how all of this ties into exactly what's happening today. Facebook is silencing Rohingya activists, so the people that were being hurt. First of all, just don't forget where they're framing it from now, right? They're committing genocide against those people. Okay, so in 2017, the establishment was making sure you didn't see that. They were censoring what was happening. They were censoring the activists who were saying this problem was happening. Wonder why that was happening, and now they're pointing at it. Of course, Burma, also known as Myanmar, and the Western countries, the Daily Beast reports this. 
Uh, they were the activists based in the Western countries. According to the report, Facebook has been removing posts documenting incidents of ethnic cleansing of the Rohingya people. And these Facebook users are frequently having their accounts suspended or taken down. That's 2017. It was fake news back then that you were being censored, right? Oh, you fake news conspiracy theorists. Facebook wouldn't just censor you for no reason. Remember those people? They're not just going to make you wear a mask. They're not just going to force you to take a vaccine. They're not going to make you make a vaccine passport. Those people are the best, aren't they? <laughs> They'll never make you do that. Even a poem they censored, now translated into English. A poem was censored on Facebook for purportedly breaching its guidelines because we know how flimsy that argument is today. You read that correctly. Facebook was removing poetry. Why? Well, because it made an argument that bad things were happening they didn't want you to know were happening at that time. Simple. Now, uh, oh, and that, that this were, uh, you can read these for yourself. I didn't want this to be too long of a point to start off, but it was a great crossover. Here's two other articles. On uh, This one's also from uh, 2017 from Tony Cartolucci, another great writer that you should check out. This is, a lot of this stuff was back when T-Lab was also posting a lot of uh, creative commons where we're, you know, free, free thought project and anti-media and posting other stuff. We've progressed a lot since then. But it says, as was predicted, the U.S. is shifting blame away from the U.S.-backed client regime headed by Aung San Suu Kyi. Was it Kyi or Kai? Shoot, I'm, blind, I'm forgetting now. I remember doing that last time. In any case, we'll go with Kyi. And her National League of Democracy party, of course, that's what they call it, and U.S. installed into power in 2015. Interesting. The exact time we're talking about this whole thing starting in Ukraine. Hmm. I just think this is interesting. And toward Myanmar's independent institutions, including the nation's still powerful military. So the U.S. is shifting blame away from the group that they put into power, the one that they support, and blaming the other side. What a shock. Now it says America's plans for Myanmar client state. This is always, this is the same thing with Ukraine, guys. This is what they do. Though, and, and it's not to say that any, I mean, every other government does the same things, but the point is, I think this is the U.S. government still stuck in a different century, right? Today, there's a, the way that, China, I keep pointing this out, the way that China and Russia conduct themselves in regard to the way they deal with these, these other groups, are, it's very manipulative in its own right. But at the very least, they're making it, at least on the surface, look like they had an agreement. Like we're shaking hands and signing documents and we both agree that we're going to take all of your oil or whatever. The point is, nonetheless, that they're still, I guarantee, manipulating the situation. But the difference is the U.S. goes, we can't allow them to benefit from a legal document. So we're going to go in there and just take over and pretend it's free. And we're going to regime change the government that doesn't want to work with them and put them, or I'm saying it confusing. We're going to remove the government that wants to work with them, put somebody in place that we agree with and call it democracy, right? And, and during that process gets wildly destabilized and lots of crime breaks out and warlords take over. And that's freedom and liberation, like Iraq, like Afghanistan, like Syria they tried, like Venice, or like every other place we could point to. Libya is one of the obvious examples. My point is, that's, they, that is rationalized as the right thing to do because we can't let China and Russia benefit from this. That, I mean, that's actually what they're arguing in, in, in places like Ukraine, places like Afghanistan. The generals just came out and said, we can't just let Afghanistan be taken over by Russia and China. Well, that's not what's happening. I don't, I'm not, they're not pushing in and starting to occupy the Taliban areas. Like, that's just, it's just an illusion. The idea is that they're, I guarantee they have eyes on all sorts of things. They're probably in talks with the Taliban. The point is that I promise you they're probably making deals. The point is, on top of that, is if that does happen, they'll probably suddenly start framing the Taliban as the biggest threat to our democracy yet again. It's just about framing. Nothing is sacred to these people. I just want to point out, since I, I keep forgetting to mention this, in the chat, Star's making a comment about censorship that we started with. 
in t- TikTok has deleted over 30 of her clips on on TikTok, the T-Lab clips, over 30 of them. And all of these are based on, I mean, the ones they keep censoring that I'm noticing are things like the implantable discussions or the, the Great Reset discussions, which are all based on verifiable documentation and peer-reviewed science, but whatever. That's our point, right? That's what happens. It's all fake news if it goes against the narrative. So in this case, we're talking about a U.S.-funded regime change, like many others. Now it says, through the large U.S. State Department and European-funded network of faux non-governmental organizations, like Corbett calls the Trojan horses, this is the new CIA kind of stuff, this is, they're Trojan horses. They go in under a guise of fighting for democracy, like the National Endowment for Democracy, and what they really do is facilitate regime change. But they literally, without even, with almost saying it, basically argue they do that because that's in the interest of democracy. They actually openly say they do today what the CIA used to do clandestine fashion 50 years ago, whatever the number was. But they don't come out and say, but we do it illegally. Of course not. Of course not. We're there to help people. In their minds, they probably believe it because they think it leads to democracy. But that never seems to happen anymore. It leads to destruction. Western-backed opposition parties and likewise Western-backed street fronts, Myanmar's client, uh, current client regime was successfully installed into power after the general election in 2015. Now, the point is, this is always how it works, and they blame the other side. right? Look at, like, look at Syria. Nobody should be should have any illusions about who and what government caused the destruction of Syria. But right now, they will forever pretend that Russia caused everything or that because Assad, bad guy, therefore he doesn't know what he's doing because government bad. Like the same thing they tried to do everywhere else. Look at Venezuela. They're starving to death because Maduro doesn't know how to run a government. Well, maybe it's the sanctions you've been trying to do so they starve or the fact that you've stopped their oil sales over a thousand other ways that you've made sure they couldn't feed themselves and then blame them. Or how Pompeo will say, Iran, you better do what we say or your people won't eat. And then when they do eat, they turn around and go, look, they can't even feed their people. <laughs> and to be all this on the record, this is how stupid it is. Prominent opposition party, the National League for Democracy, this is the, the U.S.-backed group, assumed power of the government but maintained little control over the nation's independent military. Now, their party leader, Aung San Suu Kyi, literally created a new political office for herself to occupy as de facto head of state. Under Myanmar's constitution, Suu Kyi was barred from from holding high offices in the nation's political system due to her marriage to a foreign spouse, a British man, and because her child, children, hold dual UK-Myanmar citizenship. Now, Suu Kyi herself, of course, received a foreign education and worked within Western institutions, including the United Nations and the U.S., before returning to Myanmar to engage in politics. Now, that's not in and of itself you know, indicative of some kind of a problem, but that's pretty much exactly like you can look at somebody like Guaido, you know, who these, these trained people in foreign places that come and get inserted back in. That's how this works. Her entry into politics and her ascension into power has been openly funded and backed by the United States. Well, that's a little bit concerning. Former co- uh, uh, colonial ruler of the United Kingdom and a long list of European collaborators for decades. I wonder why the people don't want that, right? Many senior positions within Myanmar's ruling regime are held by likewise products of extensive U.S. funding, training, indoctrination, and support, including the current Minister of Information at the time, P. Mint. Now, it could still be the same. I, I forgot to check whether that is the current person still. Just, and this is 2020, oh no, this one was 2017 still. Right, so th- I, probably not the same person. Going forward, it says, just as the U.S. controls the government in Kabul, Afghanistan, still to my, my mind today, it controls the civilian leadership of this location in Myanmar. And just as the U.S. perpetuates the threat of terrorism in Afghanistan, 
As a pretext for the, per the permanent U.S. military occupation of the Central Asian state, the U.S. and its Saudi allies are attempting to use the current Rohingya crisis as a vector to introduce a foreign-funded mi militancy as a pretext, first, for joint counterterrorism cooperation with the government Myanmar, which is exactly what they drove in, and then the permanent positioning of U.S. military assets in a Southeast Asian state that directly borders China. You get the point? A long-term goal of U.S. policymakers stretching back decades, just like they're doing with with Ukraine and China and Russia. It's exactly the point. And it's always, always about creating the justification for your future actions. Problem, reaction, solution, Hegelian dialectic concept. We're talking about them creating the terrorism threat, exactly like they're doing to you right now as an American. Now, here's 2021. Last part on this. It says, in early, and this is written by Robert Inlakesh, Myanmar is in the headlines, but the genocide there is not. In early February, Myanmar's military coup made international headlines and prompted the ongoing condemnation we see today. But despite the Southeast Asian nation having attracted such robust criticisms, the ongoing genocide of the Rohingya people has not even earned a mention. The people of Myanmar are currently protesting their country's military after it seized control of the country following the arrest of former state councilor Aung San Suu Kyi and other top politicians. The protests have led to clashes between security forces and the demonstrators, during which at least two unarmed civilians have been repeatedly killed, reportedly. Now, in this case, there are just like in either case, you have people that are protesting. I promise you some of them are real, right? Just like in, around anywhere else. There are always people that don't like the government or have an agenda or want to, you know, they don't like the taxes they're under because of this party or whatever, right? So you will always find a, a movement that you can drive, but recognize like in Iran, like in Venezuela, like anywhere, it's not genuine. These are the color revolutions we've talked about in the past. So in this case, what he's pointing at is that there were protests against the idea of that, that they perceived as, a, as, a, as an issue. But the reality being that the regime that's in power is controlled, or at least influenced by outside powers. So then they have protests that, are, that they frame as that want to support essentially the U.S.-backed entity, but then people get shot. Just like we saw where? Like Syria? Ukraine? Venezuela? Isn't that interesting how the same thing repeats itself over and over and over and over? And they go, oh, look, they shot people. That's the bad guys. We need to do something about it. Whilst the protests continued demanding a return to country's quasi-democratic model, likes of U.S. President Joe Biden and other state officials have chimed in to threaten Myanmar's military with consequences for their actions. This is reportedly due to the international community fearing a lack of accountability from and cooperation with Myanmar as a result of its military maintaining full control, meaning they didn't have control as long as the military wasn't listening to the leader they put in place. That's all it really comes down to, guys. And guess who suffers because of their lack of control? The people on the ground, even though they claim they're fighting for those people. Just as with other areas on Earth where human suffering is ripe, rife, I would argue, the ongoing ethnic cleansing of the Rohingya in this province is ignored due to the geopolitically strategic importance of the area overshadowing the value of human life. It was under former President Barack Obama that then-Vice President Joe Biden presided over the democratic reforms that had taken place in Myanmar, so the country is not completely out of their control, and this was 2021. Now, just, again, the, the idea is today they're, they're just standing up out of nowhere and saying we've just decided all of a sudden, even though that's always been what their statement was, that they committed genocide, so they can start initiating action against them yet again. So what's happening? What's the agenda? What's the end game? I, I want, I'm asking people to think for themselves and ask why this would be happening now. Distraction? I'm not sure. But here's one example of something they definitely don't want you thinking about. And this is really embarrassing. This is one of the kind, this is the kind of thing we were always pointing at. This now 
These are only two more points I'm going to make on this topic before I want you to think about this in the general context of the media and their forceful false certainty. Saying you must think this because we know it's true. And how many times that is shown to be 100% false, whether in COVID, whether in foreign policy, any of it. Sort of like the laptop discussion, Hunter Biden's laptop. The New York Times, the New York Times now admits in their recent publication that the Biden laptop, which they falsely called Russian disinformation, is in fact authentic. Now, there's plenty of arguments on all sides of this. But recognize that it was, you're an absolute crazy Russian shill conspiracy theorist if you even acknowledge this is a possibly real story. And now it is, well, it's, it's true, our mistake. Oh, really? You know why that was so very important at the time? At least you could argue because of the election that was happening. So now that we're, I guess, not caring as much, it's kind of like, well, yeah, it was real, but it's too late now. That's how that works. The media outlets which spread the lie from ex-CIA officials never retracted their pre-election falsehoods. That's also what happens today. They just let the falsehoods fly and maybe add a little bit of a different thing and don't, and don't edit and add that they edited it, which they're supposed to do. They've never retracted them. Ones used by big tech to censor reporting on the front runner. Now, this is Glenn Greenwald. I always do that. The New York Post began publishing a series of reports about the business dealings of the Democratic front runner, Joe Biden, and his son, Hunter, in countries in which Biden, as vice president, wielded considerable influence, including Ukraine and China, and would again, and would again if elected president. The backlash against this reporting was immediate and intense, leading to suppression of the story by U.S. corporate media outlets and censorship of the story by Silicon Valley. What does that sound like? It's a loaded question. Literally everything? I agree. Right. So they're, basically they came out hot over the top of this without any real information and said, it's fake. Now, why would they do that? Because somebody at some level told them it was fake or told them they should say it's fake. Period. Because it's real. We know it's real. They've now admitted that it was real. So the point at the time was either they were lied to and didn't care, or didn't care to look, or they just did what they were told. Why don't we reflect this? I mean, I know we do as people in the chat and people who watch this show, but I just can't get my, I can't understand why people who still watch and listen to that mainstream would not recognize this by now. They were either bad at their jobs or were lying to you. There's only a couple of options here. And now we're, we're going forward and they just continue to listen to what they say about Ukraine and whatever else. The disinformation campaign against this reporting was led by the CIA's all but official spokesperson. Of course it was, Natasha Bertrand. Then of Politico, now with CNN, shocking, I know, whose article on October 19th appeared under the headline, Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinfo. Doesn't the former Intel official say? And there it is. That's all it takes. Now, did they even talk to all those dozen officials or did one anonymous person tell them a dozen officials said so and they report it because that's what they do? Either one of those options are ridiculous, clownishly ridiculous, because what's happening today? The same thing. And not even American officials, oh, Ukrainian officials directly tied to neo-Nazis say. That's what, they don't say all that. They just say, experts say, or officials say, or, uh, and you look into it. Oh, it's the mayor of this small place in Ukraine. That's interesting. Maybe they have an agenda. Why don't we ask? Blindly reporting what they're being given, just like they do right here, because that's their job, guys. If we don't recognize that by now, there's no such thing as journalistic integrity for these people. There's no two sources. There's no vetting. There's no speaking truth to power. They are, they are stenographers for power. They are blindly repeating what they're told to say. I don't, I'm not, this is my opinion. It's right in front of you. Either because they've decided that those experts or those intelligence officials have their best interest in heart, they're their inside sources, and they get, or because they have a career in mind. 
And they know, well, if they do this, it's going to get a bump in their career. Those are my opinions, obviously. These former Intel officials did not actually say that the Hunter Biden story is Russian disinfo. Indeed, they stressed in their letter the opposite, namely that they had no evidence to suggest the emails were falsified or that Russia had anything to do with them. But instead, they had merely insinuated the suspicion based on their expertise and their experience. Now, of course, in this case, you can see that the media ran with what they wanted to say, probably because these people were career driven. We want or they just have just hate for, for Trump, let's say, and desperate to not let that happen. So they decided to work. It's lie for your truth. Right. In any case or however you look at this, these people are not to be trusted. These people do not care about what's right, what journalistic integrity, the truth, facts. We want to emphasize that we do not know if the emails provided to the New York Post by President Trump's personal attorney are genuine or not, and that we do not have the evidence of Russian involvement, just that our experience tell, makes us deeply suspicious that the Russian government played a significant role. The media turns that into, they said Russia did it. That is the definition of dishonest. That used to get you fired and you got to never work again as a journalist if you believe that's the case, right? The idea that you would take one fact out of context where well, you'd lose your job. Not today, you get promoted. Virtually every media outlet, all of them right now parroting in exactly what they're told about Ukraine. All of them, CNN, NBC News, PBS, Huffington Post, even The Intercept. And it's because this is Glenn Greenwald writing about it. And too many others to count began completely ignoring the substance of the reporting and instead spread the lie over and over that the documents were the product of Russian disinformation. And that's where the story ended. This is the disinformation campaign about the Biden emails was then used by big tech to justify brute censorship of any reporting or any discussion of the story. Exactly like what's happening right now with COVID, with Ukraine, doesn't matter. They've decided what the narrative is. They've decided what they have already said is true. Facts don't matter after that. And they just brute force censor anybody going against it. They're even passing, they're even coming out with DHS statements about how misinformation is literally a, becoming a crime. And all, they're now creating the context where dissent is illegal while pretending we live in a democracy with open dialogue. The archive's authenticity as a, as a, I documented, this is Glenn speaking, in a video report from September was clear from the start. Indeed, as I described in that report, I staked my career on its authenticity when I demanded that his former outlet, The Intercept, publish his analysis of these revelations. And then he resigned when its vehemently anti-Trump editors censored any discussion of those emails precisely because it was indisputable that the archive was authentic. It goes on to say the Intercept's former New York Times reporter, James Risen, was given to, of course, the green light by the state editors to spread and endorse the CIA's lie that they knew was a lie. And he insisted the laptop could be ignored because, quote, a group of former intelligence officials issued a letter saying that the Giuliani laptop story was the classic trademarks of Russian disinformation. And at least that was moderately honest about saying they said it had trademarks, but then they continued to float the idea as if they had said it was. That's how, and this is where this is where it ends until we come to today, where they're now admitting it. Now, of course, this is the Washington Post and their paywalled garbage, which is always how this works. But just so you can see it, oops, not the screenshot. Simplified. There we go. Hunter Biden's alleged laptop. An explainer. Oh, excuse me, I forgot I was going to show you this one. This is this is the ones that don't age well. I'm going to show you the today stories like like this one when we get to it in a second. But so here's, here's the Washington, Washington Post from October 14th, 2020. Now, read, if you want to read the whole article, you can pay for their garbage. But the point is that this is what they were saying. These, are the, these don't age well comments, right? How Trump's attempt to force a Biden-Ukraine investigation backfired. 
to the impeachment trial. The fact checkers unravels the what happened when Trump tried to force an investigation into a false rumor about then vice president. Just they lock, stock and barrel towed the line. That's not what journalists do. They're not. This isn't journalism, guys. We need to see this by now. Okay, here's the New York Post. This is the story back then, October 14, 2020. Smoking gun email reveals how Hunter Biden introduced Ukrainian businessman to VP dad. Now, just so you can have a little context about what happened with this, Hunter Biden introduced his father, then Vice President Joe Biden, to a top executive at a Ukrainian energy firm, Burisma. Now, just it's interesting that the crossover here and Biden finds himself as president when all this kicks off around Ukraine. Now, this is less than a year before the elder Biden pressured government officials in Ukraine into firing a prosecutor who was investigating that very company. The never before revealed meeting is mentioned in a message of, of appreciation that this individual they're speaking about, an advisor to the board of Burisma, allegedly sent Hunter Biden on April 17, 2015, about a year after Hunter joined the Burisma board at a reported salary of up to $50,000 a month. He says, dear, dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to DC and giving an opportunity to meet your father and spent some time together. It's really an honor and a pleasure. Blockbuster the Blockbuster Correspondent, it says, which flies in the face of Joe Biden's claim that he never had spoken to my son about the overseas business dealings, yet again, lying and being caught lying, sort of like his background and all the degrees he has and all these lies he keeps spinning that everybody knows are lies, but nobody calls out. Very interesting, right? It's containing in a massive trove of data recovered from the laptop computer that they lied about, said was fake until now proving that it's not. Other material extracted from the computer includes a raunchy 12-minute video that appears to show Hunter, who has admitted struggling with drug addiction problems, smoking crack, while engaging in sex act with an unidentified woman, as well as numerous other sexually explicit images. Now, I thought there was one other point in there. The bottom line, guys, is this: this is this is important. Not just because his son has you know sexual weird proclivities, but the point is that we are staring at a dishonest action by the person that's the president, covering up lying for his family that involves Ukraine. Now that Joe Biden's president, the Times finally admits Hunter's laptop is real. I mean, I just, this, it's incredible to me that people still act like these people are even remotely honest. Now, I would even go as far as to argue places like New York Post are just as bad in a lot of ways, or in every way, really. But my point is, in, in the contrast, when it works for their partisanship, they're open about it, right? If this was something at the time that was about Trump, they probably would have gone in the direction and done just what the Washington Post did. Just so we're clear about the two-party paradigm here. It shouldn't, it's not about taking sides. It's about recognizing that they're all constantly trying to deceive you. And when they tend to align with what you think is the truth, that's usually because the truth aligns with what they want to accomplish. Not always. But keeping all this in mind about the deceptions, guys, let's talk about this person. Let's talk about the misrepresentations of what's really going on in Ukraine and how that's constant right now. This is what I was going to play to start. I can't even believe this is posted by BBC. This, is, this amounts to this puppet president that we know is a puppet that's verifiable on the record put in place by the U.S. government playing a f the sound of an air siren on his phone. That's it. And saying, that's what we hear all day. How is that even considered news? This is just, this is just direct propaganda, especially since you can't even verify that that is what they're hearing. You can't verify that that's even what, I mean, everything about this is absolute propaganda. And it, it just, it, this is, people are sharing this like it's a fact because the media said so. Now, please do not be afraid. You will hear what we live with for already 25 days. The sounds that became familiar to every Ukrainian city. 
I mean, what is that? What is, I mean, guys, it's, it's, it's absolutely outrageous to me that that's being spread as news. I'm not, I mean, I'm not even suggesting there's not air sirens. My simple point is this is just direct emotional manipulation. That's all it is. Don't be afraid. I'm going to play for you what we've been. I mean, this is the epitome of what they're putting out today. That it's just emotional manipulation meant to make you go, oh, no, that's sad. And, and these are people that have been caught lying to you over and over and over and over. In no way does that mean that I'm even suggesting that that's probably what's happening. But with everything that we're seeing and as they overtly ignore one side of the story, why is that what's reportable? It just bothers me. Now, here's also something they're putting out, and this is the kind of stuff we're seeing. Been viewed 3.4 million times. As this person says, hold up, hold up. They made a promotional video. Listen to the way this sounds. This is a, this is, I mean, people even jokingly and probably not too jokingly said, is this the one that Sean Penn was involved in? It's a doc, it's basically a documentary. And li but listen to the, even the way they speak, the way that the voice is in this video is almost irritating because it's like, they're going to war. And it's like, it's like, you'll, you'll hear it for yourself. Why would you even do that? It's like the voice is meant to be this. Listen for yourself. I, mean, I, can't, I can't even get past this. Was a simple word, merely a part of speech used in everyday life. But it's not that simple for us. Oh, and, and note the air siren in the background, which is like exactly the same. Exactly. <laughs> because now the everyday Ukrainians simply cannot say words without bursting into tears. This was my home. This was my friend. This was my dog. I mean, I don't know. It, this is the epitome of what's happening today. This is Hollywood-produced propaganda, and it is just – and none of it's verifiable. I mean, half these I – mean, how much you want to bet you take most of these pictures, you're going to find them dating back before this started? Even regardless, the whole point that I keep making is that why is it not what we're allowed to ask whether or not these actions have been potentially carried out by any other side? Somebody not involved in what's happening? Ukraine? Anybody. The same thing I ask and happens in any situation in Palestine and Israel. We know as a matter of fact there are groups that want to see that become more of a conflict. So they, they just go, no, it was them, right? It was the group we wanted to be. We didn't prove it. We don't know for sure, but we're going to attack them anyway because we've openly said if anything happens, we're going to blame them. So you're just preemptively saying we're going to bomb this person over here whether or not they're involved because we've said so before this started. And my point is, well, couldn't it have been the CIA? Couldn't it literally be Israel and them and Mossad carrying it out for the interest of creating that kind of action because they've said they wanted to carry out that action? Yes. Anybody honest can admit that because that's not hard to recognize. That's a false flag, but it's a small one. In this case, we've listened to this. People, we're going to show you again in a minute. The openly neo-Nazi group that they're openly supporting right now in Ukraine, right now. And it's not just a little small group. Yet again, it is completely immersed with the military. Completely immersed. So couldn't they do this? Especially since they've openly said they want and are going to do this. And I even played you videos where they're right now standing up in front of video cameras and saying, I don't know what you're being told. We're only doing this because the West is paying us, because we're carrying out actions for them. Like the, the idea that they don't want to hurt these people is ridiculous. We want to murder them. We want to castrate them. All this is on the record. I'll play it for you in a minute. And they just don't want to talk about it. This was played on national TV or rather, you know, yeah, national TV in Ukraine. Are they pretending they don't know it's there? The Western press is choosing to ignore stuff like that. Not this video. We'll get to it in a minute. But this is all. This is what they would play. Still shots of things, videos, 
of things that you just can't confirm in regard to at whether or not it was carried out or conducted by people that want and have said they're going to do this. Now, we're also going to get into lots of videos and information of people telling you that's exactly what's happening. The exact people that are fleeing from Ukraine and that are being videoed by independent journalists, completely disconnected from Russia, people that are in Russia, people from all over side of the map, and yet nobody talks about it. Patrick Lancaster, constant. This is interesting. Turkey and Moscow and Kiev apparently are close to agreements on key points. So that means that some representative of Ukraine is sitting at the table with Moscow and Turkey, and they're agreeing on stuff. But they're going, but that's happening, even though this other top Ukrainian aide over here has simply just argued Russia has turned to more destructive attacks and demanding surrender of this area. And, uh, yet we're sitting at a table and about to agree on a peace agreement. Like a peace the point is there are all different levels of agendas here, and there are people on the ground like the Azov Battalion mindset of people that do not care about the larger agenda that have openly said that. And these are people that are just continually saying, with, no matter what's happening, that this is just destructive and attacking civilians and bombing them, as we've continually proven those things to be false, showing you that they're not even the locations that they claim that they are, or that these checkpoints are under the control of Ukraine and not Russia, on and on and on. That does not mean that there's not things happening that we wouldn't be we would be able to... That, that, that they wouldn't attack civilians, simply that what they're showing you has been shown roundly to be false. Now, under the surrender of Mariupol, again, well, it's, it's like the argument of these hypersonic missiles. They're, they're using things and misrepresenting what they're saying that people don't understand. Now, on top of the, the surrender idea, you could actually read what Russia said and actually understand the context of what they're saying in regard to asking the Ukrainian military to surrender so they can stop the war on these areas because they're trying to free these people. That's what they're saying. You should question what Russia says, like anybody, except that's not what's happening. You're taking one side of the narrative face value and dismissing anything other side says in some cases. But the point is that they're telling you the opposite. They're saying, well, you guys surrender, not the city and the country surrender, not the civilians of Mariupol surrender to Russia. That's not what they're saying, but that's how they frame it, because they want, it, they want you to feel that civilians are like the, the focal point. They're just attacking civilians in every location, which is literally the line the U.S. now has taken. It's the stupidest. It's, it's a sod all over again. It doesn't make sense. And in fact, there's no evidence to continue to prove these children have been targeted, targeted, the civilians have been targeted. Now, the point about the hypersonic missiles, I want to make that very quickly. They're screaming about how Russia's using hypersonic missiles. Oh my God, they're using all these things. And they're... Do you know what a hypersonic missile is? Most people don't, really. And that's probably why they say that, because they want you to, they want, oh my God, they're using some kind of new weapon that's killing more people. Nope. It's just a regular weapon that moves faster. Hypersonic weapons incorporate the speed of a ballistic missile with the men so they can move faster and they're able to maneuver and, I guess, more pinpoint accuracy. Now, yes, they can and are capable of holding higher level uh, munitions, potentially nuclear. But is that what happened? Were they using more powerful weapons? These are just bombs, guys. They're more bombs. They just, they're just, oh my God, it's hypersonic now. Terrorists. They're just, wanting, they're just using more, more terms and more concepts. It's a war. They're using munitions. The idea, just because they use a new technology around it that makes it faster and more targeted, would suggest even more so that they're not attacking civilians because that's not the point. And there's no strategic value to it. To just simply argue that he's a maniac that just wants to murder children, it is ridiculous. Is it possible? Sure. But there is literally no evidence about that. And they've lied about that in Syria. They've lied about that in any other situation they've been involved in. And that's never been shown to be false. Again, I don't even think the U.S. government would do that because it just doesn't make sense. Unless there was an agenda, such as doing it and blaming it on Russia. That I would understand. Russia doing it and blaming it on the other side. That I would understand. But I don't see that happening. Is it possible and I'm not seeing it? Yes. 
But these are the kind of manipulations they continue to use. Now, this is the hyperbolic thing we continue to see. Sort of like how January 6th was 9-11, so too is this apparently. But this is Europe's 9-11. Right, an, an open, ongoing operation that's just very on the surface. And like th this is their 9-11? Like, this is just a clumsy comparison. There's not even any logical comparison to what's happening here. They just want to make it seem like a big thing. The continent has finally woke up to the necessity of hard power. Oh, really? As they ignore exactly the, 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 the actual issue in that regard, which is the Western powers. That's exactly the point. Who have continually toppled countries around the world and left them in ruin. Right. But this is Europe's 9-11. This is just about creating the context of what they want you to think is happening. That's all it is. It's just, it's just embarrassing. It really, it, it, the idea that this is being framed the way that it is is clumsy. Now, here is a video that I want to watch with you guys. This is really important. Ben Swan's exclusive. Ukraine biolabs may have been creating bioweapons. I, I really respect Ben Swan, especially he, he does a great job at being objective as possible. If you guys haven't checked out the platform, by the way, Sovereign, I recommend you do. Uh, I was told by one of the people behind, behind the scenes that we're apparently one of the leading content creators on. We get a lot most views, which is great. So let's use it. I mean, there's plenty of free, piece, free speech platforms out there that actually believe in free speech. But the point about this, and we'll go through it, is that here's, he's got documentation and evidence showing you couple things. One, that there was a report that's been scrubbed from anywhere where they're telling you from a Ukrainian individual on the ground that that's what's going on, right? Now, yes, that could be psychological manipulation. It could be a, a Russian posing as a Ukrainian. Like, we shouldn't always have to frame it that way. But if you don't know for sure, you can't assume one way or the other. But that's what they want you to do. Oh, that's not what the government tells me? That must be Russian disinformation. Sort of like the laptop. Oh, it must be fake news because I don't like it. Let's not be children. Let's, let's accept information at face value and then use our due diligence and our discernment to find out whether or not it's accurate. Now, this is about the labs and whether or not that was the reason for the regime change in 2014 because uh, uh, the I'll, – I'll, I'll let to play it through. I, I was I, right in the moment making sure I'm not confusing. I believe it was Yanukovych. I watched, I went over this a couple times earlier. The point being that the, at the time, uh, before the U.S. regime change, that one of the presidents of Ukraine, I believe it was Yanukovych at the time, decided that he didn't want the U.S. doing it anymore. Decided they didn't want the U.S. government in control of these anymore. Remember, in 2005, we showed you the documentation about when that began, when their, their biological threat discussions in the labs they paid for. So maybe they were doing something that they didn't like. Maybe they were doing something that they didn't want the U.S. to be involved in anymore. And, you know, maybe Yanukovych was doing something bad, didn't want them to see. That's possible, too. Bottom line is the U.S. got boxed out, and this is what it looks like, and they pushed in to take control. That's very interesting to me. Now, I do really believe that this is larger, and it builds back to the idea I said the other day about the biolabs and the, con the discussion about the lab leak, which was aggressively shut down in the beginning, and then weirdly all of a sudden discussed like it was real with no shifting in information which in my opinion shows you they just weren't ready for us to talk about it yet. Maybe they didn't want you pointing at that possibility until they could lay it at the feet of Russia in Ukraine about the biolabs there. There's lots of interesting possibilities here, but there is a connection to this, guys. Maybe this is the impetus for the entire COVID-19 topic. We have to ask these questions. Now let's take a listen. New and exclusive information about the Ukraine biolab story that some media and politicians... <sighs> Fuck. 
exclusive information about the Ukraine biolab story that some media and politicians are still... New and exclusive information about the Ukraine biolab story that some media and politicians are still pretending don't exist. And now we have brand new information you're not going to see anywhere else because it's being scrubbed from the Internet. Not only do we have new insight into what was inside of those labs, but also new information about the people working there, being given diplomatic immunity. And not only that, but that people living around some of those labs over the past decade have become sick with cholera and even swine flu. Plus, do these labs have anything to do with the overthrow of the Ukrainian government in 2014? A lot of information to get to today. I'm Ben Swan. This is Truth in Media. Whatever's going on, 100% has to do with Brave Browser. I don't know what it is. I can't figure it out. I can't get any response. I don't know what's going on here, guys. It doesn't have to mean anything other than, than there's some kind of a something going, I don't know, a glitch. I don't know. But whatever reason, if I go to Chrome, it's working. If I go to Brave Browser, but private, it works for me instantaneously. But right now, no matter what I do, and it's only when I'm live, Brave Browser seems to just stop every video. It seems to glitch out on me and refresh things. I don't know what's going on, but who cares? Let's keep going. Hey, guys, welcome to the show. So much to get to today. You know, I got to say that when it comes to this Ukraine biolab story, every single journalistic bell in my head keeps going off, right? Because there are so many red flags about the fact that Media politicians keep pretending that there are no biolabs in Ukraine, that the story they say is just Russian disinformation. It's absolutely not Russian disinformation. These labs absolutely exist. There's tons of information. And As we've already shown you, but don't miss the crossover. This is why we started with this. Oh, it's Russian disinformation, is it? Well, we've heard that before, haven't we? We've heard that about things with the laptop. We've heard that about the emails in regard to the election. We've heard, all oh, oh, it's Russian disinformation. Right. Even when it's true, even when they go, yeah, it's true, but it's Russian disinformation. How in the world can the truth be Russian disinformation? Right. You're literally saying they're giving you truthful things about your government and what they've done to you so they can influence you. Well, no, that's that's revealing the facts to you and letting you decide what you want to do with them. That's not it's just incredible. But the Russian disinformation is what they're saying about this, too. Why would we trust them now? And evidence that they do. And not only that, but the fact that the deputy labs including cholera uh, and swine flu outbreaks son of a gun guys i'm sorry my my fault on that that was my mistake <laughs> i'm just really frustrated about how this is happening with these ridiculous I, I don't know what's going on i'm just tired of all these mistakes and issues and that was my fault that was that was my fault i muted the microphone for a second forgetting that i was using it so let's get back to it i'll, I'll pull it back a little bit 
Got to remember to clip that out now. Yeah, I got you. Thanks, guys. So going back, let's start right here. Hey, guys, welcome to the show. So much to get to today. You know, I got to say that when it comes to this Ukraine biolab story, every single journalistic bell in my head keeps going off, right? Because there are so many red flags about the fact that media politicians keep pretending that there are no biolabs in Ukraine, that the story they say is just Russian disinformation. It's absolutely not Russian disinformation. These labs absolutely exist. There's tons of information. Now, I forget if I said, was it muted when I was talking? I forget. And my point was simply that that's exactly what we were talking about with the laptop story, right? Why do we trust them now? I mean, that's been shown to be a thing they use to hide truthful information, right? And evidence that they do. And not only that, but the fact that the Deputy Secretary of State, Victoria Newland, said under oath that these labs exist. Remember this. Biological research facilities, which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. So obviously the labs exist. There's no question about that, despite what you might be seeing on Twitter. And yet we have obtained some new and exclusive information that seems to indicate not only do these labs exist, but that they may be responsible for the outbreaks of some rare illnesses and diseases that have shown up in Ukraine within certain population groups near those labs. Certain population groups, that's specific. Right. Not everywhere, but specifically aimed population groups, sort of like the potential ethnic bioweapon research that Israel's conducted, the U.S. government's conducted. Right. These are open. Not, not only that, though, recognize how this is exactly what Delania and other people like her have told you are happening in Georgia, around Ukraine, around Russia. These people have been openly and for a decade or more saying we are being manipulated. We are being tested on. People are getting sick around these U.S. labs and nobody cares. They say fake news, sort of like the laptop story. Fake news, right? Must be Russian disinformation. It's just amazing how obviously we know these people lie and yet we just, at some point, people choose to take them at face value because politics. Including cholera and swine flu outbreaks. And in order to cover this story, we're also going to share with you an exclusive video that we have uncovered that's been deleted from most places on the Internet. It is a Ukrainian journalist who actually reported on Ukrainian biolabs two years ago. This isn't a recent video. Two years ago in 2020 and was explaining about the opening of two new labs as recently as 2019 in Ukraine. Obviously, there's a lot to the story. So let's start at the beginning. We've taken the documents from the Russian Ministry of Defense, the documents that they claim they seized when they took over two labs, and what they say was inside of these labs. So let's take a look at that first. According to the Russian Ministry of Defense, they have released signed documents from the Ministry of Health of Ukraine dated to February 24th, 2022, with orders to destroy at one lab 54 test tubes with cultures and at the lab in Lviv, 322 containers with cultures of microorganisms, pathogens of infectious diseases, which are in the laboratory of especially dangerous infections. Now, obviously, that's real. I mean, this has openly been discussed. I mean, Victoria Newland and they've already been, they've already had open discussions about how they need to take action in regard to keeping these safeguarded from Russia. Right? That's been admitted essentially, despite that being called fake news before they admitted it. But the point is that there's more happening around this story. There's more about what they were actually conducting and whether this was as 
as they said, just research. I mean, all this has been shown to be false, whether the U.S. funded it, whether they're involved in the ground, and all this is coming out. But the real thing is to, around the documents, of course, you should ask whether they're real. Yes, you should ask that. But you should not dismiss them without asking or looking into it because it came from Russia. That's what children do who have chosen a side. If you're being objective and honest, you should look in and question this just like you would coming anything coming from the mainstream media, Ukrainian side, coming from any side. So among those hundreds of vials, what was actually in these labs? Well, we know there were at least five vials of plague, vials of anthrax, listeria, cholera, type 1 poliovirus, and type 3 poliovirus. So what does all of this mean? Well, on its own, it doesn't really mean anything other than the fact that clearly there was storage of dangerous pathogens inside of these labs. Which they've admitted to, right? That's what they say. They're storing them for safekeeping. But the point is, that's never what that's really about. And that's been proven over the years in a lot of different ways. But we already knew that. So what's new? Well, in order to get to that, we have to take a look at a video that we've uncovered. This reporter here is Olesia Medvedeva, who did a video about two years ago in 2020. In fact, it was May 1st of 2020, so almost exactly two years ago. She took a look at at least 15 labs and shows documents throughout this video about not only the creation of the labs, but the kinds of contents inside these labs and the effects these labs may have had on sickening the populations who lived around them, including outbreaks of cholera in certain population groups. Now, what's really interesting about this video is that it was sent to me and we downloaded it, and then immediately afterwards, we saw that it was being scrubbed from the internet. In fact, you probably cannot find this video right now because it's been taken down in so many locations. Was it taken down because it's Russian disinformation, even though it's a Ukrainian reporter reporting about Ukrainian issues? Probably not. Instead, it was likely taken down because the information in it verifies what has been in the news media for the last few weeks. Exactly what we keep telling you. It's only fake news once you prove it. That there are, in fact, Ukrainian biolabs that may have been involved in the development of bioweapons. Why is that? Because they were funded by the U.S. Department of Defense and the Pentagon. Again, this report that was done two years ago uses documentation to back up claims, but let's run through just a few of these claims for you. Number one, that the United States first began funding at least 15 biolabs in Ukraine going back to 2005, and then ramped up the development of those labs during the presidency of Viktor Yushchenko. The funding came from the Department of Defense and joint agreements that were signed regarding the creation of technology, which, based on the translation of this article, indicates the scientists were studying the means of reproduction of cell division that can be used for the development of biological weapons. Right. That's on the record, guys, that that was the point. Now, they do say it could be used for that. That's, of course, that's where they'll sidestep it. But ask yourself why, the, why you would need 15 different labs for the storage and safekeeping of, you would need one lab for that. Maybe a couple of them just for convenience, right? The idea that you need 15 labs across across Ukraine for that purpose is just childish. Now, let's be very clear here. I am not an expert on biological weapons. I don't know all that goes into them. However, one thing that was fairly interesting when reading through these documents that were put out by the Russian Ministry of Defense of the contents of the labs, there were some pathogens in those labs, but most of what was in them were bacteria of different kinds. That includes Salmonella, E. coli, Shigella, among many, many others, including the bacteria that causes diphtheria. And it raised the question for me, why would there be so many different forms of bacteria inside these biolabs? Well, according to this article from the US NIH, or the National Institutes of Health, 
Bacteria are used in the creation of bioweapons. In addition to using the microbiome to spread toxins and pathogens, manipulating the microbiome might also prove to be a useful adjunct for other biological threats. Recent research shows, for example, that viruses utilize bacteria to improve their chance of infection. It's also conceivable that an actor could introduce an initial agent into a population in order to trigger widespread treatment with broad-spectrum antibiotics and then take advantage of the treated population's clean slate to introduce or expand an engineered organism via the now-disrupted microbiome. An actor taking this two-step approach could even incorporate antibiotic or antiviral resistance elements into the initial attack. You know why that seems so interesting to me? The obvious COVID crossover in regard to how we were dealt with in the beginning of all this. And and not even, let's just, ignoring for the moment the possibility of intentionally releasing things like that to achieve that end, or in any other way you could look at it, water, whatever else, just ask whether that was what was being done with all the other additions, the masks which increase infections in the, in, the, in, in their own right, right? Candida was one of the ones listed on that list he just showed you. That's exactly what we talked about, about the dramatic increase of infections being caused in your mouth because of that whole issue. Now, of course, he talks about the additional the treatment of the, you know, the clean slate that follows, which isn't exactly the same thing. I just thought that was an interesting crossover, the, the idea of how that works, but, you know, not exactly a connection. Now, I want to be very clear on this point. We don't know that this is the research that was being done inside of this lab. We don't know that these bacteria were being used to create biological weapons, and I don't want to indicate that we have proven that. We have not. But one of the reasons that it's so difficult to know exactly what was happening inside of these labs is because the labs themselves are completely shrouded in secrecy. The information found by American scientists under these agreements with Ukraine are kept secret from the Ukrainian population, and simultaneously, all the information found from the Ukrainian side is to be fully disclosed to the United States government. Now, what about this issue of people in certain Ukrainian populations becoming sick, especially people living around these labs? According to this report, starting in 2009, there was a virus outbreak of hemorrhagic pneumonia. 450 Ukrainians became its victims. In 2011, there was an outbreak of cholera in Ukraine. 33 people died and cholera had been diagnosed in 800 citizens just a year later. More than 100 cases of cholera were recorded in Kharkiv. And Kharkiv is exactly the location that we focused on, because in my opinion, it was the most prominent in regard to what we're talking about, and just so happens to be this interesting location that turns up in this investigation. It's the one of the ones that I proved to you that just, it, it's censored. It's on their website, but it's on the Wayback Machine. It's on their website. For whatever reason, this document's been removed, because that's what honest people do. They cover their tracks, right? And it's on the record, shows you that they funded it, that they built it, that they were involved with it, they're storing dangerous pathogens there. That's exactly what it was. I just find it interesting that's the one that comes up in this. And remember, when we saw that list of what was in these two seized labs by the Russian military, cholera was on that list. So we know that cholera was inside these labs. Meanwhile, 20 servicemen died from a flu-like virus, and more than 200 were hospitalized two months later in Ukraine. A flu-like virus, huh? It's interesting they don't name what it was. Wouldn't they have found out? Is it not possible that that could have been what we're dealing with today? Sure. They talked about swine flu. It could be lots of different things, but it's interesting to see the connection there. 364 deaths were recorded from swine flu. In fact, it was that same strain of swine flu that caused a global pandemic in 2009. In 2017, there was an outbreak of hepatitis A in the summer of that year and a similar outbreak in Odessa. 
So don't miss the obvious important point there that we're talking about the, the very strain that they were testing in Ukraine secretly that then infected a bunch of people on the record in Ukraine just so happened to become the strain that they used later to, to scream about being a big problem. Right. You mean the one that they over-discussed and lied about that then later was proven to not be as serious as they said it was? Don't miss the connection. Oh, you mean, Ryan, exactly like happening today? Yes, exactly. So almost like a dry run or maybe a failed run before they tried again. Just my thoughts. If you're afraid to ask these questions it's because you're being influenced by people telling you your fake news without even looking at the facts, why wouldn't we ask that question? The exact strain? Really? Certainly could have just gotten out because they tested it, or maybe it was out there somewhere else anyway. But ask yourself, the very swine flu we're talking about that later became, I think it was 2009, the big focus was not actually what they said it was. Even the WHO and the HHS called the CDC out for hyping a pandemic of fear. That's what they called it. And here we are again, where you have bio labs being set up and actually potentially regime chains being carried out to make sure they control these labs, which is going to get to next, and where they're working on exactly the kind of pathogens that these flu-like pathogens that could be exactly what we're dealing with today, certainly could be. I'm not saying I know for sure, but if you're afraid to ask that question, you'll never find the truth. Or any question for that matter. And by the way, again, we know that swine flu was among the viruses that were being studied inside of these Ukrainian labs that were seized by the Russian military. Now, this reporter goes on to indicate that when Viktor Yanukovych became the president of Ukraine, that was around 2010, that he revisited these agreements between the United States and the Ukrainian biolabs. Right. And one of the things that his government reportedly did was they instituted checks of these biolabs. And what they found was, according to these documents, gross negligence that could allow for the leaking of viruses and pathogens into the public. The report claims... I, I want to add something really quickly before this is the important part, but just to really importantly think about the fact that I believe, not that, I mean, they're, they're incompetent in a lot of ways, especially their underlings like this in places like Ukraine, but the U.S. government itself has shown itself to be wildly incompetent and, mal and malfeasant in a lot of ways, but... As I always say, they would rather be seen as incompetent than criminal. And I would argue that keeping something like this, keeping it so, you know, they look at it and say, oh, there's there's negligence everywhere. Well, that is my opinion is probably allowed in places like this so that when something ends up tracing back to them like this, what can they say? Well, it was sloppy. It probably just leaked out. And there you have it. The lab leak and exactly why they wanted it to be talked to only talked about when they want to talk about it. So when we come out hot out of the gate when this first begins and go, look, here, here's evidence of them working on bioweapons and here's evidence of them using them and getting really – but then, of course, it later gets jammed into the limited hangout of a leak. Oops, we made a mistake because we're sloppy. Okay, and then they point at each other. No, you, you were sloppy. No, you were sloppy. Kind of seems like a couched argument, doesn't it? Well, I, would, I believe that that's part of the reason why these things are left like that or allowed to be sloppy when they're working with really dangerous things. And maybe sometimes they do just slip out because – as the CDC reported to you, even from Fort Detrick, there's times when the things just came out on the bottom of someone's shoe. They work on things like Ebola, anthrax, coronaviruses in Fort Detrick. So my point is, this is kind of the similar thing. And I argue that's probably why they did this. As a result, a number of gross violations were revealed that could lead to the leakage of dangerous infections. It is further indicated that in 2013, Viktor Yanukovych refused to continue cooperation with the United States. But after the U.S.-led coup to overthrow Yanukovych took place, Petro Poroshenko continued cooperation with the United States. That's a huge bombshell, in my opinion. Thank you, Ben Swan, for being an, an honest journalist and getting this stuff out. I mean, think about that. Now, that doesn't prove anything. 
That's a huge point to make there. So we know the regime change was a regime change out of interest for the U.S. agenda. I mean, that's that's this is one of the most obvious on the record regime changes that have all they've conducted. Anybody on us can see that it's, um, I mean, as we played in the past, and I'll, I maybe I'll play again after this video, that they've admitted on the record that they knew that it was not Yanukovych's people that actually shot those protesters. They didn't care because they wanted to use it anyway. They was the, uh, it was these neo-Nazi groups led by people like Tony Book, the Savota party, that were wanting to murder these people. That's why they used them. And it's the same group we're going to talk about, the Azov Battalion. So they, or who, the Yanukovych group, decided to no longer let them work on these biolabs. And then they just almost instantaneously decided to remove them from power and put somebody in place. And that person just happened to be willing to go forward with the very thing that seems very dangerous. Yeah, when you say it like that, it kind of seems ridiculous, doesn't it? The reporter goes on to indicate that one of the reasons that Yanukovych was overthrown in that U.S.-led coup in 2014 was because he had refused to continue to cooperate with the United States and the Pentagon on these labs. Is that true? We don't know if that's true. We certainly believe that Yanukovych was overthrown in part because of his refusal to work with the EU and the IMF. Now, I would argue, it, the point to be clear on, but I just to clarify my point, is simply that what we're saying, or I'm saying, is that the, the fact that he did not want them to work on those labs, that's verifiable. That's a truth. He, that's, all, that's the documentation, whether or not that's the reason they carried it out. Again, I agree with Ben. We couldn't say that for sure. That's being objective. But Interesting that the person they put in power after that with an illegal regime change just happened to be okay with going forward with it. You know, it's just, it's impossible to miss that. But is it possible it was also his refusal to continue to cooperate with these labs? It is possible. But again, we don't know the answer to that. And here is the main point, though, of this report. Listen, I understand that we're sharing with you a lot of information that have question marks at the end. But maybe we're even creating more questions than providing answers to this report. That certainly may be the case. But I believe that this is a very important story to continue to follow, in part because of the effort to scrub and delete all information regarding these labs exactly. from the Internet. That alone is a huge story, and that alone makes the story worth pursuing. So I'll say it again. For those of you who are saying that this is a nothing story and that there are no bio labs in Ukraine... Anyone telling you that is lying to you. Not only are there biolabs, but there is a long and recorded history of not only those labs being in creation, but being funded possibly by as much as $2 billion by the United States military, the Pentagon, the Department of Defense. What was being studied in those labs? And what was the point of these labs in the first place? And was there an attempt to create biological weapons in these labs? Again, this is a question you're not even allowed to ask right now. Exactly which is the very reason that it must be asked. Guys, thanks so much. Great job, Ben. I really, I really believe he's doing a great job in this content. I mean, you know, there's not many people in the level he's at that are, that are willing to take these kind of stances. You know, just credit where credit is due. And this is an important discussion. So I love what he's saying here. Let me get out of this Chrome window here real quick. One second. Let me bring this back. <laughs> I got my video turned off. Now I got to turn it back on. Good Lord, this is, gets frustrating. But, you know, <laughs> what you got to do. I also realized my video randomly was like on 420 instead of 720p. I don't know what's going on. Should be stay, should stay the same settings. But here, let's get back to... Oh, hold on, let me close this before I do that. Oh, my God, there's too much going on. Okay, make sure I don't close everything. There we go. Back to this. It won't play for me. Okay, now... Here's some of the documents he went over. I just want to include them for you so you can check them out for yourself. 
<laughs> so I'm saying, breathe. I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, it, things frustrate me all the time and it's never going to stop me from doing this. It's not like I'm stressed. And when I get done with the show, when I get done with this stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm a weird ability to just put it behind me. I really do. So, but thank you for your concern, guys. I mean, it's, it's frustrating. I can't have to be honest. I mean, it, that's, that's exactly the point. This is, this is Harry, you know, this, this is about stopping me from continuing about making this look. I mean, even about having things, having a big gap in things happening to the show. I mean, that's the point, right? But Biolabs, Biolab opens in Ukraine. This is only on the way back machine, right? And this is discussing exactly that from 2010. So it's not a secret. Now, the point is there, this is, I love how this article makes, this is the best part of this. Now, plenty of these Western press people are at least saying bioweapons labs, right? And that I could at least get, like, you could argue we don't know for sure they're bioweapons labs. But this is, this is, this ABC News literally saying Russian propaganda on Ukraine's non-existent by in quotes, biolabs. That's like putting natural immunity in quotes. Like biolabs are, this is just biological research. This is them trying to conflate biolab with weapons. Now, yes, that's what I believe they're almost all about, but the term biolab just means a lab where they conduct bio research and it doesn't always have to be about weapons, right? They're just playing their game, boosted by the US far right. How embarrassing. Like these are, this is the epitome of current Western journalism. It's embarrassing because it's verifiable. Like, how can you have this on the record from, and it says U.S. Senator Dick Luger applauded the opening of the thing that doesn't exist right now. It's embarrassing. National Pulse, exclusive deleted web pages show Obama led an effort to build a Ukraine-based biolab handling especially dangerous pathogens. Now, don't forget, Ben Swan discusses that these people had diplomatic immunity, right? Why is that? Why does this not come up more? Everywhere you hear this topic about Omicron, what do they always report? Well, it was discovered in South Africa. Well, no, it really wasn't. It was discovered in Botswana and then moved to South America. That's on the record. Botswana government put this out. They found these in Botswana and then got moved to South Africa. But why did Botswana not have a big problem? South Africa all of a sudden had a problem. Well, because these diplomats crossed into Botswana and then brought it into South Africa. Now, why don't we know who these diplomats were? As it says right here, the new virus was detected on four foreign nationals who entered Botswana on the 7th of November on a diplomatic mission, meaning they had diplomatic immunity, meaning they could have carried that in their pocket and nobody would be able to check because they're not allowed to because they had diplomatic immunity. Customs don't apply to diplomatic immunity. I never understood why that makes sense. So why don't we ask whether this was the self-spreading vaccine, whether this was a bio whether this was some kind of action carried out? I'm not saying I know that for sure, but if you're unwilling to ask that question because you think conspiracy theory, you're acting like a child. I cannot get past that. This is a valid concern. And all the documentation he just showed you is pretty obvious. Now, moving over to the fake news of all of this, as Ben Swan is trying to show you some valid points with documentation and we're not allowed to talk about it. Don't forget that Off Guardian has already made it very clear at least in the most, in the beginning, first seven most flagrant stories that were, I hope, I, I actually want, I hope Kit Knightley follows up with a more in-depth since the beginning to now kind of fake news, because it would be just a, a novel full of just unbelievably fake information that nobody wants to point at in the Western press. But just so you can record, I'm not going to go through them again, but you can look at these images. For those on the podcast, you just bear with me. The one on the left, the first one here is obviously an image that we've proven to you, and it's all down here below in the article that was actually over Russia, and they claimed it was over Ukraine. Those, those planes were over actually Russia. The, the, this one was taken on April before this all started, and, they, and their government put it out as a claim that he was touring the front lines. Well, a lie. This one was a video game, and it's easily verifiable. This one is, in fact, I believe, oh, this one was the one that was in Taiwan? 
No, no, this one was in Taiwan. Here, I'll just scroll down. Darn it, damn it. <laughs> Trying to skim past it really quickly. But so this one was a video game. This one, uh, this one, okay, this one was a drone strike that they lied about. That was in fact they said it was a Russian Russian troop movements and the drone strike. Well, it was in fact actually a Turkish drone strike in Syria. And the links are right here for you to check. You can look at them side by side. It's embarrassing that this is being allowed. Now, the other one that I was pointing at, this one right here, was in Taiwan. And it was actually a power plant exploding in Taiwan. They said that was happening in Ukraine. Why do we not, the people that want to go along with this, like I ask that question all the time. The point is, guys, the people in the Western press, they know this is here. So some of them know, and they just don't care. There's an inherent level of dishonesty with these people. Now we have Russian bombs, Ukraine military base was reported where foreign instructors work. Now we've talked about this one already. We talked about the fact that it was taken at face value by Western press because somebody said, and I wasn't implying people didn't die, but I also remember recognized it was a military base. So I don't know why that even is the concern, like the idea that we're, they're in a war and bombing military bases would be expected, wouldn't they? So it's just kind of silly that they would frame it like a big, oh my God, look at their outrageous actions. But Russia has attacked the, as they framed it, International Center for Peacekeeping and Security. Well, that's what they call it. What is it exactly? Well, they want you to think it's not about military stuff. It's a peacekeeping mission where foreign instructors are teaching people how to live their life. Well, here's the reality. Oh, actually, I got that mixed up. Hold on. This one, let me put this over here. Shoot, I think that was the right spot. Anyway, I'll come back to that. Here. Oh, wait, how did I do that? Hold on, guys. I apologize. I must have got this mixed up. There it is. All right, I added a couple things after the fact, and I think I got them in the wrong spots. So this is the story we're talking about. Okay, good. We'll come back to the secret one. That's the important one next. So here's what they're saying, where, where foreign instructors were killed. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm confusing myself. That is the right story. My apologies. Okay. This is the one I added last second. Sorry, I confused myself there. So here, this is the important part of this. So they're claiming this was... I'll go ahead and read this one first since that we just looked at it. They're claiming this was the Center for International Peace and so on. And, oh, I'm sorry. Don't mind the man behind the curtain. Okay, back to this. So this is Michael Tracy reporting on the ground. He actually took these pictures. It says, American foreign fighter says he was injured in a Russian airstrike. So this is a person on the ground who, as I mean, look, as always, could Michael be lying? Yes. Could this guy be making it up? Yes. Could this not even be in Ukraine? Yes. Like, we should be asking these questions. But. It's pretty clear that this, he was there and this person is real and as he did take this image. You can look into it for yourself as I did. But the point is this person was in that location. This is an American from New Jersey who's fighting for the Ukrainian military, which I don't know why that's even it's against the law because he was recruited from the United States, which is what they framed. They said if you've recruited while you're in the United States, that's a crime, but nobody seems to care because it's one, it's one of those crimes that are acceptable, like, you know, attacking Russian people right now. You don't get a you know, crime for because Russia bad guy. But it's the international peacekeeping mission, right? Well, here's what he had to say about it. An American foreign fighter who would identify himself only as Xander, and that's the person they quoted, by the way, on the ground and didn't give his last name, except what you'll find is that they, the, the Western press who quoted what he said left out a very important part of what he actually said, which is showing you that they know they're lying, showing you they know they're trying to cultivate a narrative. Western press are grossly dishonest, and it's not because that's just always how it is because they've cultivated it that way. People that go into these fields like Allison Morrow, who have, who have integrity, are pushed aside because they have integrity, because they're not willing to lie for their truth. 
Well, he says that he was injured on March 13th in the Russian airstrike on this area. So he, at least he, he's, Russia has actually said that this was a strike they carried out, but it wasn't on what they're claiming it was, right? And that's on the International Center for Peacekeeping and Security in Yavariv, uh, uh, located in far western Ukraine. Now, the strike drew much notice because it was the most westward attack yet committed by Russia around 15 miles from the Polish border. Now, it says Xander, who said he is originally from New Jersey, was in Ukraine fighting as a member of the Zelensky Battalion, a just-created international force named after Ukraine president now being touted as a global folk hero, besides being an, a puppet of the U.S. government. Ukraine government officials reported at least 35 fatalities in the bombing, as well as an unknown number of injured. But the nationalities of the casualties have not been specified. <laughs> That's exactly the point. You know why? Because this is where they're in. They're bringing in. This is your central hub of where they're bringing in all the foreign fighters. This is where coming in the ISIS fighters, coming in from all the people from Turkey. That's what's happening. The 16,000 plus people they've admitted are coming in, 450 fighters from Hayat Terrell Sham. That's why they don't want you to know what they are. After the attack, Xander crossed into Poland, which again, there's an obvious back and forth here between Poland with the weapons right now pointed at Russia and bringing in people through Poland. I mean, they're, they are trying to drive action in that regard because they want to justify joining NATO in regard to Ukraine. And they've already said, if you do anything in Poland, we're going to have to, they're, they're driving this action, in my opinion. But it says, which is where he encountered, uh, this is where Tracy encountered this person on March 16th at a large processing center for displaced Ukrainians just over the border. Xander said he was watching the movie Saving Private Ryan in his room on the base at around 5 a.m. when all of a sudden the whole window was blown out. Now, before departing for the U.S. for Ukraine, after the invasion started last month, Xander got a tattoo on his hand of a logo for the Ukrainian military. That's what it is. A classic symbol, like even the even the classic Ukrainian symbol right there is tied to all sorts of neo-Nazi symbols, like, or even the, the, the right sector, who is one of the most openly neo-Nazi groups in this regard in Ukraine. That's the, that is one of their, obviously it's the Ukraine symbol, but that's the center point of their larger symbol. So too is that cross and everything. I mean, these are, it's amazing that these open neo-Nazi symbols are being used and they're being supported by the Western press, even though they claim they're fighting a war against white supremacy. It's just ridiculous. I mean, it really is outlandishly ridiculous. These guys are clowns. Not this guy, but the people reporting on this and pretending they don't see that. Now, he reported hearing from others in the base that the Yavariv facility was being used as a major supply hub for U.S.-made weaponry flowing into Ukraine. Direct from the horse's mouth, guys. That is the direct source that the U.S. media used to claim that this was a center of peace that they bombed. I mean, he's, he's lit, he, I'm sure he told them the same thing. They didn't report that part. I wonder why. Well, if U.S. made weaponries flowing into Ukraine and arming the neo-Nazis that are attacking people without any justification, or even leave out that last part. If just U.S. made weaponries flowing into a location in an open war, bombing that location is absolutely, under the context of war, justified. But not, but they just leave that part out because they don't want you to think that's what's happening. That's a direct lie. They're blatantly lying to you. This would be consistent with other public reports, by the way, and you can read this for yourself, and I confirm that on my own accord. There's been plenty of other reports about what's actually happening here. Now, the so-called International Center for Peacekeeping and Security has been the site of U.S. and NATO training exercises for years, which is exactly the point, guys, including as recently as July 2021. My point exactly. They've been training NATO members in Ukraine since long before this started, but that's not a red line or anything, right? Xander said he didn't know if other Americans were among the casualties, but there have been reports that three British fighters were killed. With journalists glamorizing the foreign fighting flocking to Ukraine, 
and casting the war as a cosmic battle between good and evil, as they always do, it's highly probable that there will be additional U.S. casualties, which could subsequently be cited as justification for wider U.S. military involvement. Exactly. Which, by the way, happens every time. Now, you should really start to ask whether they're allowing that to happen so that they can carry out their agenda, even if it's Americans. I know that's not allowed to say those things today, are we? Because I'm American. Well, no, that's quintessentially American. To point out that your government doesn't care about you. To point out that the reality being that speaking truth to power is quintessentially American. And let's just say you don't think that's truth. Well, having the courage to stand up and speak out and against what their actions are, or recognizing that they're not taking action that's in line with what Americans actually want. Or how about the fact that just simply being subservient to your president is literally contradiction, contradictory to the Constitution. Guys, we have to understand this. But that's not what we're being spun today. Everybody in the two-party paradigm is blindly, like, under some kind of spell by the ideologue they think is the right one to tell you how to live your life. It's pathetic. This is going to happen, and we're going to see this used to justify as they want to. We are watching the occupiers frame themselves as liberators. This is how it's gone since I've been alive. They occupied Iraq and pretended they were liberating. They occupied Afghanistan and pretended they were liberating. They tried to occupy Syria and got exposed as the occupier. They tried to occupy Venezuela and got exposed as the occupier. They tried to overthrow Bolivia and they succeeded. And they currently occupy it with a military force. It's, of course, the the supposed Bolivian military, but the people of Bolivia say otherwise. The reality is, guys, that this, or rather it is, which is controlled by the U.S. government. We just talked about Myanmar. We talked about all of South America. It's obvious what's going on. But yeah, but they're liberating people like in Libya. Well, here is what the CNN and another point has to say about a bombing of a maternity hospital. Of course, they blindly report, even though it's coming directly from the Azov Regiment. The city is increasingly bearing the brunt of Russia's fierce assault on the country with shelling day and night. And, and said Major Dennis... Pakpenko from the National Guard Azov Regiment. I mean, are they not even embarrassed about that? They, I could point to 50 different CNN articles that were fear-mongering about the Azov Regiment before this started. And rightly so, because they're dangerous. My point is, why would they point out that these were bad people and then on a dime start citing them to prove their points? Sort of how the BBC will go and embed themselves with Hayat Shir al-Sham, ISIS, inside of Idlib or inside of Syria, really, and claim that that's them reporting the truth. That's disgusting. It says the assault has included deadly strikes on a maternity ward and separate bombings of a theater, an art school where hundreds of people were sheltering, the losses from which are still unknown, and this rescue operations continue. The word children was spelled out on two sides of the theater before it was bombed, according to satellite images. Are they really arguing that Russia went into Ukrainian-controlled territory, to write children on a building where they're inside. And then people are going to be inside that building and see children written on that and stay there, though, until they're just waiting, apparently. They've documented we're here, and then Russia bombs it because we've told our bombing satellites that that's where children are, so bomb the children. I'm not even making this up. This is what Blinken is saying. Is it possible? Of course. I don't really see what the strategic benefit is to, to focusing on a, a location full of children other than for the Ukraine to point at it and say, look at what they just did, which is exactly what Russia would factor in, knowing they would do that. But yeah, that all makes sense though, right? But why wouldn't we ask whether or not that was written by the Ukrainians 
or whether they put them in there, whether, I mean, we wouldn't, it doesn't even matter, especially since we're pointing at the, the Azov regimen who has said that they want to kill these children. Oh, you don't believe me? Well, we'll get to that. U.S. is sending, oh wait, dang it, see, I did that. I mixed it up when I did this. Okay. I don't know how I mixed all this up. Okay. Now we're back in place here. Okay, my point, <laughs> organize myself here. Here's U.S. Secretary of State accusing Kremlin of war crimes for bombing a theater housing children. So the Azov Battalion speaks up and the U.S. government steps to action. Or rather, the U.S. government triggers an action by the Azov Battalion and points at it to achieve their goals. Quote, Russian forces bombed the theater in Mariupol, where hundreds of people had taken shelter. The word children had been written in Russian in giant white letters on the pavement outside the building so that you could know from the air that there were children inside. I mean, I just can't believe anybody takes this seriously. Quote, Russian forces also opened fire on 10 civilians who were waiting in line for bread, which, by the way, we already showed you, is very suspect. Again, comes directly from one person on the ground that they didn't cite. They said it was anonymous. It was pointing to what they said happened. That's all they have. A, 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 a member of the openly neo-Nazi military spoke to the U.S. press, and they reported what they said. Could it be true? Of course. But I showed you that the location they pointed at was, in fact, exact. I mean, the idea that Russia is firing on a location that's behind them is absurd. And they keep doing that. Talk about false flags, guys. That's what we're staring at, in my opinion. But the idea that he's talking about them writing children on this, do you know what that reminds me of? The easily verifiable reality that that's exactly what the Azov Battalion has been caught doing right there. Now, of course, the Russian embassy points at this, but this has been around long before they pointed at it. The reality is, guys, this is a member of the Azov Battalion. You can see the Ukrainian flag right on his arm. You can check this for yourself because I have where it says all the best for the kids. He's pointing at it, right? These are, this is their munitions with their writing and their flag on his arm. And by the way, here he is in other pictures with the Ukrainian flag, giving the, the, the Zygile salute and whatever else. Okay, just so we're clear about who this person is. He's writing all the best for the kids on the bombs that they're sending to attack the Donbass region. And this is an older photo, by the way. This is from before this all really kicked off with the last recent February plus. So is it not interesting that the, the Azov Battalion is caught or rather gloating about how they're aiming at the children? writing all the best for your children in Donbass and bombing the children. Then CNN literally and openly cites that same group for claiming that Russia did the same thing. These people are either not that bright or don't have, they have the same like the U.S., they've got play one, two, and three. That's what this looks like to me. Now again, guys, is it possible that Russia did this? Of course it is. But do we not need evidence? Do we, why, why do you just assume they did that because the word child is there? Because anybody could have written that. It's just so dumb that we that these people will, are willing to just blindly take what's being stated. And that's the point, is they don't care about what's being stated. It works for the agenda. Then we should ask whether or not anything else is the same way. Especially as we see the Wall Street Journal reporting that the U.S. government was just caught sending secretly acquired Soviet-era defense systems into Ukraine. So let's ask also whether they've already sent other secretly acquired Soviet-era weapons that aren't air defense before this. I can almost promise you that's been happening since the beginning of the regime change. 
Now then ask yourself, why would they send Soviet-era anything when they've got high-level currently, you know, whatever. They've got current highly technological weapons they've been producing constantly with your tax dollars. And already, by the way, been sending them because that's also on the record. Javelin missiles, man pads, and all the things they've openly been telling you they're doing for freedom. But yet they sent secret Soviet-era weapons that they acquired with nobody knowing. The Pentagon over the years, not just today, over the years, has acquired Soviet equipment as part of a clandestine program, and now such weapons are going to Ukraine. I mean, how do you not see this as exactly what it is? Here's Zero Hedge. U.S. sending Soviet air defense systems that were secretly acquired. The Wall Street Journal has cited U.S. defense officials who say that Washington is covertly sending Soviet-made air defense equipment to Ukraine, of course, to help repair Russian air, air power. Because apparently old Soviet-made defense systems are better at stopping Russian air power than their currently more technologically advanced weapons that they already made? Yeah, that's stupid. Quote, the U.S. is sending some of the Soviet-made air defense equipment, Soviet-made, this isn't Russia, this is from the Cold War, equipment that is secretly acquired decades ago to bolster the Ukrainian military as it seeks to fend off Russian air and missile attacks. The system, they say, which one U.S. official said includes SA-8, are decades old and were obtained by the U.S. so it could examine the technology used by the Russian military. Yeah, decades ago, and which Moscow has exported around the world. This is the, the equivalent of them grabbing Kaitusha rockets so they can understand what Iran is currently using today. Yeah, that's dumb because they're not using those today because those are old and they're far more advanced. Are we really pretending that Russia is still using Soviet-era weapons? I'm sure some of them in some regard, but they are advancing themselves since decades ago. Guys, this is so ridiculous to me. The Wall Street Journal is trying to report something while still couching it as they're just doing it to investigate how to fight back. And yet, I'm sending it to Ukraine so they can figure out how to fight back? Come on, guys. This is obvious false flag stuff. This is obvious. Because who is going to debate whether a Soviet-era weapon would be used by a group that's being funded by the currently high-technologically advanced U.S. government, right? It's just absurd. Now, here's Bloomberg. Russia demands Mariupol lay down arms, but Ukraine says no. Now, of course, again, I already told you they're talking about the military, not all of Mariupol. And by the way, there's plenty of evidence on the record about people from Mariupol and hundreds of thousands of people fleeing from Ukraine and, had, and taking and having safe passage into Russia. But that's not what you're being told. And it could, they could be lying too, but you're not getting one side of the narrative. It says there was no immediate word on casualties in the school attack, which the Associated Press could not independently verify. This is talking about the school, which came hours after official, uh, officials, Ukrainian officials, said Russian forces bombed an art school. So in this case, we have a maternity ward that there's no verification for, where they just took the word of a neo-Nazi that's openly neo-Nazi, who openly said he wants to ethnically cleanse these people, and who Blinken just blindly takes at face value in the same regard. and argues they wrote children on the wall, and that's how they knew. That's how he knows for sure it was Russia, because Ukraine wouldn't do that. Then, we know they're sending weapons to make it look like they're fighting back, or that they're the ones conducting it. But the point is, guys, this is another story that's being yelled about. Now, by the way, I'm pretty sure they've updated this title. Just my point was when I... Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, here's what they're saying. There was no immediate word 
on what actually happened, who died, and the Associated Press could not independently verify. We know what that means? We don't even know if it happened. Ukraine said they bombed a school. Associated Press tried to and could not verify it. Ukrainian officials have not given an update on the search of the theater since Friday. Friday. But apparently we're still looking into it, right? When they said that at least 130 people have been rescued. Have you spoken to one? Is there pictures of them? Another trapped into the rubble, 1,300 of them. Now, I'm not even saying it didn't happen, guys. It's just as likely that they used Soviet-era weapons to attack the location and then blame it on Russia, which is exactly what they've already been caught doing. But my point is, if you don't have evidence and you couldn't verify whether it's happening, not even the Associated Press, Bloomberg is reporting what the Associated Press said, and your argument is that this happened. I just, it's, it's unreal that this is the level of their journalism. Here's Prime Minister Boris Johnson coming out hot with the narrative because he wants to frame them as worse than the Nazis. Don't miss the stupidity of being told by a neo-Nazi this happened without verifying it, and then Boris Johnson standing up and comparing the Russians who hasn't verified did it to the Nazis. Prime Minister Boris Johnson said Russian invaders are carrying out vicious attacks on civilians that we have not seen since 1940s. Oh, and what's your everything? Of course, no World War II and the Nazis, right? That's what he's talking about. I just can't get past how ridiculous that is. The other battalion says it happened. They didn't verify it. And he compares the Russians to Nazis. Are you not seeing the agenda here? The whole plan has always been without evidence to lay this at the feet of the Russians. The neo-Nazi problem, the biolabs, the whole damn thing, guys. This is obvious to me right now. This person says, tell that to the Iraqis. Right. Nobody cares about what they've done elsewhere. What about, what about Afghanistan? What about Syria? What about what's currently happening in Yemen? Oh, shut up, you conspiracy theorist, right? All we care about is what we can't prove over there. As I said, and don't forget, verifiable facts. U.S. Congress made sure the U.S., the Azov Battalion would get arms in 2016. All the links are below this. This is the nation. Congress has removed a ban on funding neo-Nazis from its year-end spending bill, 2016. Under pressure from the Pentagon, Congress has stripped the spending bill of an amendment that prevented funds from falling in the hands of the Aza Battalion. Everybody in Western press except the nation back then argues right now that they put something in to make sure they didn't fund them. Because we knew, except before it actually went into, went into effect, the Pentagon stepped in and quietly had them remove it, and it never went back. So your tax, dollar, tax dollars since 2016, or rather when this went in, have continued to fund this open neo-Nazi group. And your government knows that, and they don't care. So does the Pentagon. Okay? So they made sure that happened. CIA has trained them since 2015. This has been twice now admitted by Yahoo News and two different CIA insiders. A Yahoo News report in January described a covert CIA training program for elite Ukrainian special operations forces and other intelligence personnel. We're talking about the, I believe it was the SBU. We're talking about specifically the Alza Battalion. I've already proven this to you in previous shows. That was launched by, in 2015 by the Obama administration. Twice now admitted that they've been funding and training them since long before this started. The FBI also verified that the Alza Battalion is neo-Nazi is immersed with Ukraine's government, and that those in Charlottesville are their U.S. faction. Here's the FBI document, where it says very clearly, a post containing a photograph of Rise Above member movements. Excuse me, I always do that. Rise Above movement members during their trip to Germany, Ukraine, and Italy. The three main locations of the Azov Battalion's international arm, which I'll show you next. 
and met with Olina, who is a direct representative of the National Corps, which is the one of the, the, the political party of the Aza Battalion, founded in 2016. Then it says, I know the Aza Battalion is a paramilitary of the Ukrainian National Guard, which is known for its association with neo-Nazi ideology and the use of Nazi symbolism, and which is believed to have participated in training and radicalizing United States-based white supremacy organizations. On the record, the FBI says this, and yet today, CNN is, br- is willfully, flagrantly, openly taking the word of that exact group right now. CNN, you are ridiculous. One of the worst. Just right next to, right up there with BBC. You guys are garbage. Okay, and then finally, the last one is the article I've shown you many times where Kuzmenko is an expert on the topic, speaks about how the Aza Battalion is a prominent example of these neo-Nazi groups and how it was established by the Ukrainian Ministry of Interior, who the leader was an extremely openly neo-Nazi who they then pushed out of the way right before this all kicked off, except the groups are exactly the same and they have leadership that are exactly the same, and was transferred to the National Guard, completely immersed with the military. Not just in the Guard, but others as well. Then it goes on to say their political wing, the National Corps, Olina, who's the the leader of that group, has gone international. Germany's third path, America's rise above movement, and Italy's Casa Pound. So that's why that document is very important, where it shows you, where was I on that? Oh, it's right here. Where they went there, right? On the record, went to Germany, Ukraine, and Italy. That's exactly the point, guys. And the rise above movement is the United States version. That's what they're telling you. So we know as a matter of fact that the Congress made sure to fund them before this started. We know the CIA trained them before this started. And we know the FBI verified that they're bad, bad people and that they're immersed with the government. And the Charlottesville, who they tried to frame with Trump, is in fact their international arm. There is your connection, guys. The CIA has been driving this false flag into action for a long time. But, you know, who cares, right? Because fake news. Well, here is the Atlantic Council in 2020 trying to argue why that group that just admitted were neo-Nazis shouldn't be designated as a terrorist organization, despite the fact that Congress members in 2021 came to, to Blinken and said, guys, we should, these are bad people. We need to designate them as bad people. And they just ignored them, didn't do anything about it. That's happened more than once because it's their puppets, guys. That's what they're doing. One of the examples of the op-ed the op-ed presents to his readers is that the Ukrainian Azov Battalion, which the FBI calls a paramilitary unit notorious for its association with neo-Nazis, they basically go on to say, but hey, here's not why. Here's why it's not really true. Of course, Atlantic Council gaslighting. That's what they're doing. But let me read this to you, and then let me show you why they're wrong. His statements that Azov was originally incorrectly called a paramilitary unit. This phrase would uncritically travel to basically they're saying that they're just a small little group, and that's not true. And it is in his statements that Azov was believed to have participated in training and radicalizing United States white supremacy groups. Uh, Bayer with uh, they. That's weird. What does it say? Oh, that's the last name. Excuse me. Sometimes these bunch the words together, like you can see right here. But if that's the name. Byerwith presented no evidence to support his belief that the Azov provided military training for the Rise Above members. Oh, really? Well, except that we just literally showed you that, right? We know, as a matter of fact, that Congress made sure their money, your money, went to them. This is open Western press, guys. This is corporate media. How, you're pretending that the Atlantic Council didn't know that? No, they're just trying to lie to you. On top of that, the CIA has been documented. Now it's on the record. They've been there and they've been training them since 2015. And then we also know that the Azov the Battalion has openly met with the Rise Above movement publicly, openly, in person, and in online uh, meeting rooms, like, like Zoom meetings. 
That's been openly documented. Kuzmenko talks about it. These people have can uh, the uh, this one. Let me grab this one. I forgot to. Let me see. Oops. Let's see if it pops up. Here we go. Nice. It's a great article, by the way. Jacobin, where he makes this argument in here as well, where they. I'll just include this to you guys to read. It's the same information where he's telling you that they've had meetings. This, this is the, this is the international arm. So if we know the CIA funded them and we know it is their international arm, and Atlantic Council is just trying to lie to you, why would we ignore this stuff? Why would we ignore the fact that they're building this in front of us? It says this is not to say that there is no cooperation. Obviously, we know that <laughs> we just proved it to you. But the authors produce no clear proof. There was proof long before 2020. They're just pretending it's not there. This is just like COVID land all over again. Ongoing links between American right-wing terrorists and a unit within Ukraine's interior ministry, right? It's funny how they frame the right-wing terrorists, even though they're individuals, whereas this interior group, which has been open terrorists for a long time, it's, they're clearly trying to create the illusion that the American right-wing people, they're the bad guys, while this little small paramilitary group has nothing to do with it. You guys are long. To label that unit a foreign terrorist organization under federal law would be a grave mistake and a gift to the Kremlin. Where does the Kremlin even come into this argument? Right, because I thought the whole point was whether or not we should designate them. Well, of course, you guys. The re the only reason the Kremlin is mentioned as the very last word in this article, with no reference to how that would even be a gift to them, is because of the underlying point that the Azov Battalion is is used and being built to be thrown against Russia and then to be blamed against Russia. So, if you designate them a terrorist group, we can't do that, and that's a gift to the Kremlin. Pretty bad. Now. Here is somebody using this tweet that I shared, which I hope you all will do, to post under Representative Dean Phillips, who says, I joined this fake news CBS platform on to, uh, to discuss the depravity of Vladimir Putin, the absurdity of denazifying Ukraine. He's still, see, he, this guy still thinks he's towing the line. He's a week and a half behind right now. And why small businesses in Minnesota and around the country still need and deserve financial support to survive the pandemic. See, he's, this guy is completely behind the times, but he's trying to tap into whatever he thinks is going to get him support election, whatever, the denazifying Ukraine, they've already gone around to saying, well, yeah, we were wrong. It is a problem, but he's why he's lying. He's trying to pretend that it's absurd that it's even happening. The Libertarian Party comes in and says, so you deny the existence of Azov Battalion, Svoboda Party, and the legitimate security concerns that NATO gives Russia? Right, exactly. This guy just doesn't care. They're all about saying it's fake news because we're fighting for freedom. And this guy is a career politician. Well, we need to remember that the Azov Battalion and these other groups, these armed militants, are riding around with the very press that are reporting that this isn't true. That's why this is happening. Now, here's David Frum saying, Ukraine may be the first example in human history of a country that, under the pressure of war, <laughs> my God, is becoming more tolerant and more liberal. That's actually what he just said. Despite that, I mean, that's a gross misrepresentation because these people are brutal. And what they're doing to people on the ground, which I'm about to show you, is disgusting. But the reality is, that's exactly how they tried to frame Saudi Arabia. Remember that? Oh, look at their reforms. I've never, they're more tolerant, and they're the women, women's rights, and oh yeah, what happened to that? Oh, that's right, it was shown to be a ridiculous fake news story that didn't actually happen, and it seems it's worse than ever, but you know, who cares? Because <laughs> we're past that story now. That's the truth, guys. I've just, I just reported the other day about people being openly publicly executed, like 81 people. Yeah, they're a big reformist over there. No, they're the most openly authoritarian extremist country, on, one of on the planet. And nobody cares because they're ally and weapons and stuff. No, they're not becoming more tolerant and more liberal. That's what the media narrative is. That's it. 
And Daniel Post, of course, the pictures of this more me more liberal and moderate and uh, what's the word he used? More tolerant. Here they are. And I'm not going to pretend that's everybody in Ukraine. No, but these are the militant people. These are the ones being used by your government. We've already shown you these. These are not these are not doctor. These are factual images that you can prove for yourself. And remember, guys, that's that old woman. That and like this is the silliest part about this. This is how easy this stuff is to prove. This is a report by Euronews that I keep showing you. That's that woman right there before it starts. You can see her. Ukraine far-right group, and that's a child they're arming, because, you know, child soldiers are okay as long as you're fighting Russia bad guy. Members of Ukraine's far-right movement, Azov, trained civilians in Mariupol, which then later became a, a place where these people were being annihilated, and Russia's claiming they're doing it to them. And, in fact, kettling them and controlling them and not letting them leave, which is, by the way, exactly what that one, one American uh, veteran told you on the record. Which, yes, then people said he was lying. But it all seems to start, it kind of seems to continue to point in one direction when you realize these people are on the record openly violent, openly authoritarian, openly dangerous neo-Nazis. But let's just pretend like it's okay because CNN says they told you something. Well, this is that woman right there being trained by the Azov Battalion. But it was a good thing though, right? Because they're neo-Nazis and we want them to train people how to fight. And don't forget, by the way, that woman and people on the ground were proven to be U.S. US personnel. I showed you two veterans that were there along the Georgian Legion, which is also openly neo-Nazi. Right there. It's crazy. Now, Julie says, I can find tons of similar photos from every European country, including Russia. Less than 10 minutes. I'm sure you probably could. But see, Julie is of the mind that this is all there is. Oh, a couple of pictures. Well, no, this is just people don't care to look into why it's very obvious, why everybody across the, all the media outlets that Julia is listening to right now have all moments ago said they're there and said they're dangerous. But because she's not paying attention to that now, she thinks, oh, I could find pictures anywhere. And she's not wrong, though. And this person says, okay, show, show us a Western European country that allows their militant Nazis to train child soldiers. This is very real, guys. And it's, in, it's incredible that this isn't being discussed. These are the same groups we're talking about. Now, yes, this could be a small part of it, but it is still part of the Azov Battalion, and it is happening. They openly trained child soldiers when this started, and again, they pointed at it and said, yay, look, they're doing it for freedom. That's a child you're staring at. The Western press framed it that way. Think about how stupid that is. And we already showed you this video where... This guy on the record is telling you that that's not the truth. What you're hearing from the Western press is fake news. We want to kill these people. We hate these people. They don't deserve to live. That we're only doing this because they're paying us to do this. It's all on the record. He says it right on the record. And this is, you could, this, these are representatives of the Ukrainian government. Watch it for yourself. We just played it. But here's another one. The Ukrainian head of the medical unit calls for Russian soldiers to be castrated. Isn't that amazing? It's just incredible that these things are not being regarded. Like, how about, like, if this was fake, let's say, wouldn't you then, as the Western press, come on and say, here's why you shouldn't listen to this fake news story, which is what they would do if it was fake. I promise you that. They'd do it every time. The moment they can show you something that they think is fake, they are all about it. But why not this? Well, because it's not fake. Because what you're going to see is a high-level individual on a national TV station that is telling you these people shouldn't deserve, they shouldn't have the right to reproduce. Now, imagine if somebody said that in the context of an Israeli. Oh, my God, they would be on the news for the next three years because you're anti-Semite. 
And, and, and by the way, I don't agree. That's disgusting. Anybody anywhere arguing that people are lesser than or that they should be castrated is a disgusting human being. And you shouldn't be afraid to say that, regardless of what you think they believe and where they come from. Nobody should advocate for that kind of violence. I mean, it's just, it, it's crazy. But let's listen to what they have to say. Now, this is probably going to, I'm going to have to read, as always. It says, Putin's machinery burns well. Cadavers of Putinoids stink to high heavens, but because harmless at the end, say, so to say, I gave orders to my medical staff, you know, let me just do this. Just mute it because it's hard to read it. I gave orders to my medical staff, you know, and I'm a great humanist and used to say a wounded enemy isn't an enemy anymore, but a patient. But this time around, I gave strict orders to castrate all the wounded because they are cockroaches, not humans. Out doctors always try to save patients, but Russians will die here. They will die in great numbers. Okay, now let's take a quick dance back to when they pretended they treated that Russian guy who claimed they're so kind and they fed us and they were just trying to fight for freedom and we were wrong. We didn't have the right reasons. Suddenly seemed a little bit suspect, doesn't it? It says, and the lucky ones who get out alive will remember with horror Ukrainian lads like Germans, Stalingrad. But those who do this may have to stand trial, isn't it, Granati? Simply showing you this image of their symbolism. And it's the same, by the way, that's the kind of symbol we keep seeing. That is, that's that, that sickle, that kind of symbol for the Ukrainian symbol, but is that is used in a lot of neo-Nazi symbolism. Now he's showing you the verification of what you're staring at, the people that are involved in this video. Anyway, for you to confirm for yourself, which is what you should do, easy to look up, guys. These are real people with real jobs that are openly saying, which is what they're saying, that these people shouldn't, they, they're going to castrate them, that no Russian is allowed to live. But yeah, but this is not supposed to influence our perception of what they're doing over there from a military perspective, not necessarily a civilian Ukrainian perspective, which as I understand it, does not agree with this extremist nationalist government. It's amazing, isn't it? Thank you, Dan Cohen, for sharing this. Head of the Ukrainian Military Medical Service boasts on Ukraine 24, guys, Ukraine 24, a channel that he gave strict orders to castrate all the wounded. And as he points out, not all fascists wear swastikas, guys, like this. That's our point about this. The Nazi word is over-focused on. Now, yes, there are some people that truly, like, try to embody the Nazi party mentality. But there are a lot of these people that are just extremist individuals that are just very, just that are crazy, that are being used by your government because they like to use these kind of people just like Saddam, just like Osama bin Laden, just like every other situation where they use the worst of the worst of the worst and throw them at the people they don't like, just like Syria. Do you realize how we've proven all of this? And I don't mean we as my show. We, the human race, or maybe just the independent media, have over overwhelmingly proven that that's what happened for the moderate rebels. Are we still pretending they're moderate rebels? I mean, come on, guys. We're better than this. Now, here is a, as he calls himself, a media expert with a blue check. And I will show you more than just him stating this, but the Russian invasion is used by the security service of Ukraine as a ground for mass arrests of people who have ever publicly criticized Zelensky or his team. They practice night house checks, arrest, extrajudicial killings, torture, beatings, and murder. No, could he be lying about this? Yes. But why would you not consider whether it's happening, especially after what we just heard that person say live on TV? 
If you're, if you're only using the narrative being spun by Western press to influence what you're looking at, then you're going to ignore stuff like this or them openly saying that that's not who we are or like the grouping of the, these people sitting there telling you that they're your, that what we are. Where was that? I just had to skip past that. Oh, I don't want to lose that, actually. Was it this one? That's frustrating. Where did I just have that? I just had the clip of. One second. Oh, it was right here. Okay, I'm glad I went back. I, I didn't want to lose this. This, this, we have the clip of them saying it right here. That they're giving them weapons, they're paying them to do it, and that's all we're doing. Is it because we, because we are paid to perform a task? But because we perform the task set by the West. It's a, they're not saying this is fake. It's not fake. These are very openly, these are public representatives of the Ukrainian government. They are telling you that they're paying us to do things. That we don't care about these people. That we want them to die. We want to ex- we want to cleanse them. That's what they're telling you. But if you don't listen to it, that's your choice. That's on you because your government is lying to you. And all these people with their with the Ukraine flags and everything. Look, that's not even wrong. Support the Ukraine people. But if you're right now pretending to support Ukraine by supporting these open neo-Nazi extremists that are being funded by your government, you are being deceived. And here's what they're doing to these people, and it's all over. Ukrainians are shrink-wrapping looters to lampposts, telephone poles all over the country, sometimes without their pants. They're pulling their pants down because they're claiming they're looting. Now, could they be? Sure. And, and, and really, if someone's looting, they should be dealt with in a, in a way, you know, in a legal system. But what they're doing is simply grabbing them and doing this to them. Here's two women looting, and here's what happened to them. Now, trust me, there's more than just a couple pictures. Here's a thread of these people in a similar way being treated like this on the ground. Hundreds of civilians have been punished for diverse reasons in Ukraine by paramilitary groups like, like, and the National Guard. That's the Oz Battalion. Strong footage, tortures, abuses, humiliation, even of kids and girls. Oh, you know what? This is actually a different clip. You can still see if you look closely. These are Ukrainian soldiers. The, the one of these clips continues, and you can see him walk up to the end, and you can see the badge on his arm. Here is more examples that probably also won't play. Here are more examples. Testimony of Mariupol residents. Azov Battalion executed civilians trying to escape the city. Nobody gave us anything whatsoever. No corridors. He's saying the Ukrainian military stopped them from fleeing. That's exactly what Russia's saying. We sat in basements. Azov. Azov. He's crying, by the way. These people tried to ex- evacuate Azov. They executed people. These monsters. They executed the convoys of civilians who tried to evacuate. Now, could he be lying? Yes. They shot them up, the entire buses. More witnesses from Mariupol saying Aza Battalion executed civilians from Mariupol. How did you manage to leave? Mariupol is the area where they say they're protecting people. 
Unclear. Russian army. Thank you very much. We hate Ukraine. Right? Saying the Russian army got him out. Why? why? Didn't Ukrainian army help you? <clears throat> Ukrainian army was shooting at us. Shooting at people. Right at our house. Are you happy? Of course. Thank you. Thanks a lot. We have been sitting in the basement with children since 26th. Right. Isn't it? So the, what was actually happening, at least according to them, was they were the ones in a the basement. They were suffering. And they were forced to stay there because they were afraid of the Ukrainian military. And what do they do? Well, they report to the world that these people are hiding in the basement and take pictures of them and say, look, they're scared of Russia. Interesting. Talk about wag the dog. That's what false flags look like, guys. Even false flag narratives, right? They're lying to you. Since February 26th, Three hundred people were hiding in the basement floor. That's in one house alone. Why didn't you leave earlier? No one allowed us to leave. They didn't give green corridors. Ukraine didn't let you leave the city. We were blocked. And that's exactly what Russia's about to tell you in a second. They're pretending they're blocking it in because they're trying to keep them safe. These people aren't allowed to leave, guys. And it's, this is just one video, and you should question it, or a lot of videos from one platform are out count, but I, I've already shown this from other individuals. I've got it confirmed in content from the, from Eva, from Vanessa, Vanessa, from Patrick Lancaster, from plenty of other people, and you should question all of it. But at some point, you have to begin to question whether or not you're being deceived with a narrative versus all this evidence. Military Ukraine, they, under any circumstances, do not leave the city. Russian Federation opens a green corridor for you. If they do, they wanted to continue using us as human shields. That's his opinion. It's his opinion. Here's another person. All these different locations. Another testimony of massacres and criminal behavior of, of Azov Battalion in Mariupol. By the way, exactly what they told you was going to happen, that they were going to frame a massacre in Mariupol. We are, I mean, how many, this is always what keeps happening. Now we're going to show you another one where they tell you, they were, where they confirms another one they told you was going to happen. And yes, this all could be manufactured by Russia but we sure would need some evidence to make that claim, wouldn't we? We opened our eyes sitting in the basement of Terrasport. We were told that the Russian military had entered the city and that the city was being mopped up. We had to get out, go to Port City. Those who had cars left, and we had to walk with small children. The cars that rode by were empty, but they didn't take us because everyone was scared. There were no houses along the way. Everything was on fire. The corpses of civilians and soldiers were everywhere. The children were crying. We walked under the bullets, barely made it to the buses. On the way, the Russian military gave the children sweets and food. All this time, there's off militants hid behind us like behind a living wall. We were... So what she's saying is that when they confronted the Russian military, they in fact gave them food. And then when they were being moved by the Ukrainian military, they hid behind them as they confronted the Russian military. Just what she's telling you. Not allowed to go outside. We were kept in the basement for 15 days. They didn't give us any water. The children were screaming. There was nothing. Ukrainian militants just came, put tanks in front of the bomb shelters. We ran away so that we would not be shot at. <sighs> Retreating, they bombed the bomb shelter in the drama theater, and people, including those wounded by shrapnel, were brought to us. We were all gathered like a herd, 
Only today the green corridor was given. We were told that Russian soldiers were shooting people. When our children were leaving, everyone was hysterical. Everyone was crying when they saw the Russian military, simply because they got used to ours, how our Ukrainian troops treated them. You go into the store, you stand in line, they come drunk with machine guns, they push you and make you say, glory to the heroes. That's how we lived all this time. My God. God, I gotta be honest, this is, a, this is upsetting me today. I don't, it's just really hard to watch this. Everybody in the Western press, all the people with their little flags next to their names, are, are acting like this is absurd, of course, Russian propaganda. And yes, it could be. But do you not realize that you are choosing to ignore what could also be very, very disgusting, open suffering by people that are being abused by those funded by your government? They're telling you, if, and you're not listening. They are being forced to stay in those, those basements that are then being pointed at as safe holds because of Russia. That's not what they're telling you is happening. They're telling you they're being attacked, that the, Russia, the, the Ukrainian neo-Nazis are running around attacking them, drunk and laughing and making them say glory to Ukraine. And they're literally telling them they're going to be shot. And when they confront the Russian side, they give them food and sweets. I mean, these are all different locations. You could argue it's all fake news, but you have to ask the question, don't we need evidence for that? As we continually verify that they're lying to you on this side, in some cases, others we can't verify. But I haven't seen many where we can prove that we can for sure show this was caused by Russia or that Russia did this or that their bombings actually happened the way they said they did. We just get the words coming from Ukraine. That's it. Here is a Mariupol resident explaining how Azov Battalion positioned artillery in civilian areas, fired, and then moved to other streets, repeating the operation around the city, which is called a fault. They're blaming these bombings on Russia. Oh, and don't forget, they also have Soviet weapons that I'm sure they're using. I wonder, I wonder when that's going to come into play. We have nothing. We knew nothing. It says only rumors. They said from over there, there's an evacuation. That's there. There's a corridor there. Our yard, residential area, is like as if it was covered with honey for them. They arrive, make some shooting, then leave. Then again they come, shoot, and leave. Like a human shield. We're like a human shield for them. Do they think, they ask us, we, we want peace. It says, hold on, what'd you say there? Oh, it just started over, that's why. So I said, do, they, do you think they ask what we want? We want peace. Very sad. Another testimony from a Greek refugee. I have an article about this, actually. So here we are in another example from other, other uh, international media, and it's a Greek individual. Now, yes, that could also be manufactured, right? Of course, anything can. Everything can. That's always the point. Another testimony from a Greek refugee from Mariupol. A young Greek woman from Mariupol who just arrived in Greece. Quote, Ukrainian soldiers stopped us and threatened us. The soldiers in the Russian tanks were trying to calm us down. Now, guys, just because they're saying that and this person's account is only focusing on that does not mean there's people, there could be people in the Ukrainian army that aren't doing that. And there could also be Russian people on the other side doing bad things. It doesn't have to be so childishly binary. We just have to recognize that people on one side here that we're looking at are, in fact, doing bad things as civilians. That does not mean Russia's not doing the same thing. But if we can't acknowledge that it's happening on both sides, or at the very least on this side, then we are choosing to ignore these people suffering. When we know these are neo-Nazis, we know they've been funded by the CIA, and we know that they made sure to continue funding them, and they're connected to people they're trying to blame on you. You're watching this play out in real time. Oh, it looks like there's no, no sub-thousand. I'm going to read the article next. 
Oh, there's the article right there. But several reports from Greek residents of Mariupol about the Azov horrors. The woman's account of being attacked by the Ukrainian military matches that of another Greek ethnic uh, from Mariupol who said he could not escape the besieged city because he would be killed by the neo-Nazis as a battalion. Is that other member of the, of the, the, is that other guy's information beginning to become more valid? Right. I mean, ask yourself whether that is suddenly now something that at least should be given a little more credence. Right. What that one guy was saying that was then immediately counterbalanced by two other people that still were in the control of the Ukrainian military. Don't forget that. For any of you who are wondering what is going on. All right. We were part of the Georgian National Legion, the 102nd Ukrainian Territorial Defense. Which is an open neo-Nazi group that uses the name directly from a World War II Nazi unit. The Georgia Legion. Okay. Our base got fucked up. The base right next to us got fucked up. Americans, British, tons of British dead. All right. They're not saying nothing. They're counting our dead as their dead. I'm just going to jump a little bit. Fucking pulling you out of the line and they're sending you back to the front. This human, we got dropped off about five clicks from the fucking, uh, from the border and we walked. Um... People need to stop coming here. It's a trap, and they're not letting you fucking leave. Now, I just don't, I mean, of course this could be somebody lying. That's always the case, and I'll always say that. I just don't get the benefit here of somebody, why you would go out of your way, you would leave your life, and you would travel to Ukraine, go along with this dangerous force, and then in the midst of it, try to leave in a very flagrant way and make videos about how they're bad. Doesn't that seem very risky? Doesn't that seem like there's, like, zero benefit to a very dangerous action? <laughs> That's just something we should ask ourselves. That's just called logic, but certainly could be lying. In late February, with Russian forces besieging Mariupol, in which 1,220,000 new ethnic Greeks live and are surrounded in villages. These, it says in, in the city and describe the Ukrainians as fascists. Some of these people think this. I don't know why we're not allowed to talk about it. I mean, I do know why. I know exactly what's happening, but in my opinion, more witnesses of Azov crimes. Azov battalion Nazis shield civilians in buildings. The mayor of the city of Mariupol Oh, so here's here's an important one, guys. The mayor, the mayor of the city of Mariupol has already been somebody on the record who's more than once been the one being cited as what was happening here. This is controlled by the Azov Battalion. Let's see if I can just grab one really quickly. Let's see. Yep, there you go. Mayor of Mariupol says. Mary of Mariupol warns. Mariupol mayor calls theater bombing a tragedy. Mary of Mariupol. Right. This is your Western press, your journalists blindly repeating what somebody says on the other side of the world because they're supposed to trust that person because that's what they're being paid to do, in my opinion. Well, that is a guy who's in control of a city being run over by not neo-Nazis openly. That's controlled by the Azov Battalion. So here they are telling them, the mayor of the city of Mariupol openly called to make Molotov cocktails and throw them at the Russian military. Oh, doesn't that sound familiar? Sort of like when they showed you the, the Molotov cocktails from the BBC about where you should throw them, or the Molotov cocktails that were used in Venezuela they tried to blame on Maduro. You know, there's always overlap here. Well, she's telling you that they told them to do that. She says, we have fascists there. Fascist Azov, right sector. They committed such atrocities. You know this stuff, guys. I've proven this to you. In our yard, they killed a child, killed a woman. A two-year-old child was left in our yard. A random child. There's a full blockade. There is no connection, no water, no gas, no light. Ukrainian authorities are fooling us, saying that everything is taken under the control of Ukraine, that Russia is broken. And Putin is being judged in The Hague. You understand? They're pretending that it's over, keeping these people as human shields. 
That's what she is telling you. Yes, she could be making it up, but why would you disregard this without proving it? Mariupol resident sends a message for her daughter. They've destroyed everything. She says, can you, can you say your name? Tell us your name. Whom do you address? My daughter. My girl, I'm alive. Everything is okay. We have nothing left. No apartment. No car. They destroyed everything. Bandits. Scumbags. Don't worry, my girl. We'll arrive soon. All right. So maybe just in hopes that that finds her daughter somewhere in a war zone that's being created. Another video from Mariupol Citizen. Azov Battalion used their yards to position heavy weapons. Azov Battalion used civilian areas to hide. Beastly attitude to people. We were like cannon fodder. And, and we were simply manipulated. They were firing back from the yards of residential blocks, tank, using tanks, machine guns. I can confidently say that 85% of the damage to the city was caused by the Azov Regiment. I mean, you know, yes, they will be lying, but how many people from different locations, from different films and different channels? This guy's just posting videos. These are all from different outlets, guys. This is not, this is almost impossible to disregard. But it is. It's being disregarded. More witnesses from Mariupol. Azov Battalion positions artillery on their backyard. Same thing she was just telling you. Different channel. Yes, it's RT. You should question it. From a different person, different location, saying the exact same thing. Here, video with three residents of Mariupol. Same accounts. Azov put artillery in their residential areas, used them as human shields to stop troops from coming, stop them from coming and leaving from the DNR, from the Russian troops, basically from trying to leave to, to lead Russia, which is what we're hearing a lot. Mariupol residents saying Ukrainian army threw us into our homes to take firing positions, old people and kids. They locked families in the basements and abandoned them. The Russian troops rescued us. They are our brothers. That's what they're telling you, and you should question it. But listen for yourself. <laughs> Uh, this one's a little hard to read, but I, I, mean, I just read it for you. You can watch them for yourselves. There's a lot of this. Here's that other one we were just showing you, saying they used human shields. It's just, it's just really disgusting. This is, it makes me sick. This is being disregarded. This is just like with Palestine, just like with Yemen. These people don't care about human life, and they're pretending they're the ones that ca only care about human life. It makes me sick. And this is the one we already showed you. I think I had this up twice. Here's the Greek refugee. There's the article where she's talking about this in a Greek city times. Here's another person telling Ukrainian nationals are trying to organize provocations and intimidate people during the distribution of humanitarian aid. The press service of the Russian Ministry of Defense announced this. Now, yes, you should question it, especially when it comes from one of the governments. But isn't that just what about 11 people confirm for you? And you could question them. But they're telling you. If, if, if it's simply a data point, potential evidence that that's exactly what's happening, that they want to leave. And in fact, the very people that are hurting and keeping them under human shields are the people that are being framed as heroes around the world. The neo-Nazis of the Azov Battalion. As he says, Sumi Mayor Alexander Lysenko said civilians trying to go to Russia through humanitarian corridors would be shot. Well, that's, a, that's what they're all telling you. By the way, here's a video I've been trying to find. It's not available in your country like pretty much anything right now that's showing you something else you're not supposed to see. Just recognize how interesting that is. Not available in your country. Why would that be? Why would that be? Now, let's watch the video, and you should ask even more, why would that be? And then you'll find out why. Because what she's telling you is exactly what they don't want you to see. Bullied for food. Nationalists force Ukrainians to choose between aid or land. Let's see if we can get this to play. 
Oh, you know what? I was going to do this one anyway because I believe it's in subtitles. I think. No, it's RT. Let's see. See if it plays. These areas now under the control of Russian forces and where humanitarian aid is being delivered, we see the same scene being repeated. And that is hundreds, thousands of people queuing at distribution points for desperately needed food. And, and always a handful of spoilers appear, most often with, with mobile phones to film what they're doing. They'll stand there and, and shout insults at Russian troops or the masses queuing for desperately needed food. They then upload that footage to social media or friendly Western media outlets to create the impression that Ukrainians are against Russian aid when it couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. Now, one, you just heard a lot of people say that that's not the case, that they've been desperately wanting that and they've been withheld from getting it. But what's interesting is that they just explained that to you in the images you saw. What they're saying, essentially, is that those people show up and intimidate them. They threaten them. They, they, they threaten them because they're getting help from someone that they don't want them to get help from. That's what they just told you in like six of those different videos. So you should question what he's saying here. But there's a lot more backing this up than anything else you're going to see. Across liberated areas of Ukraine, convoys of Russian aid, food and essentials are an increasingly common sight. Hundreds of tons have been loaded and sent to Ukrainian cities and communities on the verge of starvation. Some people would rather see thousands starve. In queues that stretch for hundreds of meters, you'll find them holding phones in people's faces. They are few in number, but aggressive and loud. We don't want anything from you. Take your stuff and get out of here. Glory to Ukraine. Get your S... The F out of here. Right. As these, these people are standing here, will looking, starvingly needing food, right? And then they run in here and go, oh, glory to Ukraine. Like it just, it's not, it's clearly not the representation of what's obviously being shown. Like they're trying to scare these people away from taking what they need. This is tame compared to what other Ukrainian nationalists are saying. They want to hunt down anyone starving or not who takes badly needed food from the Russian convoys. Which is what they've said on the record, right? These people have spoken up in their own media and said, if you do this, we're going to shoot you. All of this is out there for you to find. I mean, I can literally show you, and as I've had in the past, their own Twitter accounts where they're openly saying, like, for instance, we're going to dip these bullets in pig fat because we want them to, we want to kill Muslims and not let them go to heaven. I didn't pop, hold on. Oh, it's this one. That's, a, that's such a crazy claim that I really need to bring that up when I reference that. This is very clear. And as I showed you before, it's even still, to this moment, right now, still publicly available to be seen on Twitter. Even though, oh, it violates our rules, but we're going to leave it up anyway. This is the National Guard of Ukraine with a blue check. That's the Aza Battalion. Openly neo-Nazi. And look, that's the symbol that guy got on his arm right there. And what are they saying? Well, we're going to dip these bullets in pig fat. So Muslims don't go to heaven when we kill them because they're fighting Muslims in certain areas. That's what you support, U.S. government? That's what you support, American public that doesn't understand the lies you're being fed? You support these people. If you're trying to run from that because you don't want to admit it, you're a bad person. It says, which of you exchange your country for your stomach? Who is dying of hunger? We will find every man who takes food. 
We will deal with you later in a very different way. You, if you who are apparently dying of hunger, you scum. Right. So people who want food from the Russians are being attacked. But we're fake news, though. They are a tiny minority, the nationalists and neo-Nazis, but they have enormous sway. Years of murder, violence, bullying and intimidation have frightened people to the core. Few dare to stand up to them, but judge for yourself. For every thousand people that welcome Russian aid, only a handful appear to insult and scream. And don't forget that this is your government that's allowed this, while they pretend they're doing this for the Ukrainian people. Just like they starve Yemen for the Yemen people, and they starve Iran for the Iranian people, and they destroy Libya and destroy Afghanistan and destroy Syria for those people. Because that's what liberation looks like in today's world, right? I want to say to all of the citizens of Kherson that I wish them health. I want to thank you. We are very happy and grateful. On Ushakova Street, we have a supermarket nearby. It's empty. There is nothing in the store except sweets. There is a shop next to us. I stood in line there to buy two slices of cheese and a pack of butter. I gave 197 hryvna. These are unthinkable prices. They're like moradors. There's a crazy queue for bread. People cannot buy bread. Russia's intended denazification of Ukraine has already begun. That will likely be an intense process, given how grave the security threat is. Just kill <coughs> Excuse me, by the way, I, I, apparently, and this was just off-the-cuff comment a while back, but apparently that Z is actually obviously representative of the other side. I, my thought of it when I first saw it was like a Zelensky or something like that. But obviously, it's been shown very, to be the other side of that. Just in case you people remember that point from like weeks and weeks ago. Kilometers from where aid workers were handing out food, Russian forces detained a man with explosives, firearms, and orders. What is your rank? What branch of the armed forces? The 124th Territorial Defense Brigade, head of military civilian cooperation. The threat of terrorist attacks, bombings, and subterfuge will likely grow as nationalists and neo-Nazis hunker down and go into hiding. But for now, it remains a tough balancing act for Russia, juggling the needs of the people and their goodwill while fulfilling its goal, the demilitarization and denazification of Ukraine. Now, it's, you know, interesting to me. What was the part? I just lost, I forgot. The, let me see here again real quick. Oh, the, just the idea of that. Like this, again, I don't want us to, you should question this as always. You know, anytime you see something like this, I'm always wondering, is that is it real? Did Russia fake that? Did they, you know, make him say that? You know, who knows? It's always possible on either, any side, any government. But what we need to remember, and this is why it's always, at least today, why I feel like it, probably plenty of people see that I'm leaning in one direction, is because these people who we know for a fact, are open neo-Nazis who are in fact in control of Mariupol have openly said they want to do this, have openly said, I just showed you videos of them speaking. They want to murder these people. And they just said, we are going to kill you if you take the food. So when they have a guy that gets arrested for attempting to bomb them and it just gets dismissed as Russian propaganda, don't we factor in that they've said they want to do that? I mean, it's just ridiculous where we are today, you know? And we have to start realizing there's more going on. Now, here is something that I might not be... <laughs> dang it, dang it, guys. All right, well, you know what? In the interest of time, I'm going to come back to this. 
I'm going to go over this again in the next time I cover the Ukraine discussion. But here is a this is a former NATO uh, um, representative who is speaking on the record with why he thinks what what Russia is doing is in fact legal because he he initiated Article 51 of the Treaty of the United Nations, and apparently that suggests there or was it the I, I mean. I killed him from memory. I'm pretty sure it was United Nations, or it could have been. In any case, the point was he initiated the. Yeah, no, definitely United Nations. So it, it, a, 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 a charter for the United Nations, and it was uh, a 51, where basically the point was that that's joint cooperation, and that's only if locations declare independence. And that's what they did in the Donbass. Now, the, one of the thoughts I had was maybe that's maybe Russia drove that to action so that they could then take that out. Who knows? I don't. That, that's not what seems to resonate with me, but that's possible. But what's interesting is that there's a legal standing for what they're doing right now. And he argues that it's possibly like sound to the point to where they could try to make this a bigger deal and they could legally explain in a court of law why this was legally bounding or legally or legally binding, excuse me, and how they use the article because they were allowed to. Now, regardless, he goes on to explain why what you're hearing about a lot of this is not actually true. That what they're doing over there, I mean, it's interesting to find a point of view of somebody who was once in NATO. Now, I'm going I'm to kind of rattle through this to wrap up here, guys, but this is what you get from the other side. Now, yes, in some cases, you do get videos, and a lot of them have been shown to be false. But we do, as, as they would even argue, well, of course, that could just be a fake video from Russia, right? So why can't we consider the same thing? Yes, there's bodies there, but couldn't that be faked? We've already caught them faking stuff. I haven't seen any, anything come out from Russia that's been proven to be a fake, but we should consider that. My point is simply that there's such an overwhelming evidence, a grouping of evidence on one side. And this is what you get. Russia continues to strike civilians, says Twitter. That's it. You get a photo of what doesn't appear to be any kind of civilian being struck. It's just a random photo of a tank. And it says eight people have reportedly died <laughs> in a shopping center. Reportedly. It doesn't even say who told them that. <laughs> I mean, what the, what the hell is this? I can't believe this passes for journalism. This is just text on a, with a picture that's not even related to what they're talking about. And that's what they say. And they go, oh, here, right there. War Ukraine live. Russia continues to do this thing that we can't verify, but we're going to tell you is happening. That's it. You know who's telling them that? The Azov Battalion. Now here is the White House telling you, without any evidence, Russian government is, quote, exploring options for potential cyber attacks on critical infrastructure in the United States. Oh, good. I'm sure glad we know that, don't we? That they're exploring their options? <laughs> I mean, that's just flimsy. They want, that's all that is, is keep on your mind that we are about to do something. We want you thinking cyber attacks next week because we're going to carry out our cyber attack false flag. So keep thinking cyber attacks. They're exploring their options right now. Did, did they announce that to you? Did they go, hey, hey, U.S., we're going to start looking through our options. So get ready. Oh, intelligence says, right? Intelligence says. Which ones? Can't tell you. Because uh, it was national security. Like, I don't mean to be so dismissive. I mean, I do. But my point is simply that these people have been lying to you your entire life over and over caught for lying, embarrassing ways, Hunter Biden, WMDs, I mean, you, you name it. And yet they come out with no evidence whatsoever and go, they're exploring options for the thing we've been telling you they're going to do for our lifetime. And we've constantly said they've done, but haven't proven. And that's supposed to hold water? I mean, they've been telling you they're going to invade Ukraine for eight years, and it hasn't happened until they aggressively force it to happen. My point is, this is what people are saying. So in other words, CIA is about to attack American infrastructure? Fixed it for you. <laughs> exactly. I'm not the only one that feels that way, guys. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. Now, could that be true? Yes. Sort of a boy who cries wolf scenario. The government's lied to you about literally everything your whole life. So the one time they may tell the truth, you're going to be called a liar, right? I don't buy it. I don't buy it. 
this is just a lead into the cyber pandemic that they're going to create like they've always told you they're going to. The point is, guys, this is a narrative with nothing to back it up. So how about we listen to what Russ is saying, too? And then you can weigh the options and decide for yourself, because that's not what you get from any Western press right now. Here's what they said on March 20th. Over 4.5 million civilians kept by Ukrainian neo-Nazis as human shields. Oh, that's weird. We just listened to like 17 people tell you that on the record in different locations from different outlets, but must be fake news, right? Neo-Nazis in Ukraine are using more than 4.5 million civilians, including 6,838 foreigners from 18 different countries as human shields, according to Russian's defense management. So you should question it. Quote, despite the fact that humanitarian corridors are opened every day, Ukrainian neo-Nazis continue to keep more than 4.5 million civilians as human shields. They're claiming they're protecting them, but it seems like we just listened to a lot of them telling you that's not the case. It says more than 20 other blocked large cities, 6,838 citizens in 18 countries. Apparently, crews of 70 ships from 15 countries are blocked inside of Ukraine seaports right now. Most horrific humanitarian catastrophe has emerged in Mariupol, and they already told you this was going to happen. Now, you should factor in whether they said that because they carried it out, as, which is what they're going to argue, but we need evidence to back that up. It says, due to lawlessness carried out by Ukrainian nationalists, despite and out of their mind, the bandits, desperate and out of their mind, realizing that they help from Kiev is impossible. They're claiming Kiev has basically abandoned them, and they've now embarked on mass terror in Mariupol districts that they still control. Meanwhile, the verified information that we receive indicate, indicate horrible atrocities carried out by the militants gone insane out of desperation. Meanwhile, they are being commanded to stand their ground to death, with statutes status of martyrs of Mariupol already assigned to them. Certainly something to consider. I don't know why you would dismiss it without doing due diligence, which is what everyone's being told to do. Here is the 21st. This is today. Ukrainian military is firing at civilians in protected zones of Mariupol. Well, Patrick Lancaster's all but proven that. I I argue he has, but because I feel I you know you should question my including me, question him, question anything you're looking at. That's always the point. But there is an overwhelming amount of evidence that shows you these people are being attacked, including their on the doc on the record statements, and specifically in Mariupol, scores of injured people are being evacuated from Mariupol as the Ukrainian armed forces are firing at civilians in protected zones of the city, as they attempt to exit through humanitarian corridors, which, on the record, you just heard one of their people say they would do. He just said that. If you're taking their food, if you're evacuating, we're going to shoot you in the back. That's also what that American told you when he left. That's kind of getting hard to miss, right? But, yep, listen to what the guy from Mar the mayor of Mariupol said, and, you and all the Western press says. Now, what has more weight to you? The word of a neo-Nazi that the U.S. government supports or a bunch of civilians that you should still question because we can't prove they're actually not being coached. Well, one seems a lot more heavy than the other. A lot of injured people have been evacuated from Mariupol as the city is being purged. In the part that we have already liberated, civilians are being fired at as they attempt to escape this hell, resulting in many of them being wounded. Certainly something to consider. March 21st, Russia cites previous warning as Ukrainian radicals in Sumy stage chemical false flag. Ukrainian nationalists in the city of Sumy last night staged a chemical false flag that Russia had warned about previously. Russia's defense ministry has told us this in the past, that they were going to stage a pre-planned provocation, and the Russian defense ministry warned of beforehand that it says, according to Sumy regional administration, there was a leak of ammonia from the Sumy Kimpron chemical plant. The leak posed no risk to the city's residents because the air masses were moving away from the city. He says he recalled that back on March 19th, the Russian defense ministry warned that Ukrainian nationalists had planned, planted mines at that chemical plant. We, we, we reported that to you, at the very least, that Russia said it was going to happen. Seems interesting, doesn't it? Because I don't see any it, even benefit 
Like the benefit of something like this under the context of a false flag would have been to let it happen or make it happen and then blame Ukraine. So you can say, look at Ukraine carrying out these kind of attacks. But for Russia, apparently to step in and stop it from happening, right? So you see the, bom the bombs planted, you knew it was happening, and you essentially stop it before it happens. How is that a false flag? And how is that even beneficial to them? It's nothing, right? Did nothing happen. We stopped it. That's, that does, I mean, it could be sort of a subtle false flag, but I, to me, that seems more logical that they, in fact, did stop something. But I don't know for sure. You should think for yourself. Now, it says... He recalled, or the Russians' army has not planned or delivered any strikes against Ukrainian facilities, is what they're saying, that manufacture or keep and store poisonous chemicals. The locations of all such facilities and information of poisonous substances in Ukrainian territory were obtained by the Russian army seized combat documents of the Ukrainian National Guard's 4th Brigade, Azov Battalion, adding that Kiev's nationalist regime would be directly responsible for any likely incidents involving Ukrainian warehouses of poisonous chemicals. Last, uh, one of the two left. DPR discloses Kiev's regime army opened fire on Donetsk Republic 26 times in the last 24 hours. This is today. The Ukrainian military opened fire against the self-proclaimed Donetsk People Republic, Donetsk People People's Republic, 26 times over the last 24 hours. That's according to them. Quote, over the past day, the mission registered 26 shooting incidents by the Ukrainian armed forces. 239 shells were fired in the, the civilian area. It reported that multiple rocket launchers, mortars, and various calibers, which we know as a matter of fact the U.S. government has given them, handheld tank, and by the way, lots of others, French government, U.K. government, grenade launchers were used during the shelling. The Ukrainian military fired at the Petrovsky district of Donetsk from grad multiple launcher rocket systems, launching 55 rockets. One of the big red lines was placing these things on the front line, which they did, and nobody cared about until Russia moved forward. And they said they did something, there's provocation in response to their illegal actions, or rather just violating actions of the agreement. Donetsk and Lukansk People's Republic reported the most massive bombardment by the Ukrainian military over the past months, which damaged civilians' infrastructure and caused civilian casualties. Finally, number of people evacuated to Russia from Donbass and Ukraine has approached 350,000, according to their source. Now, here is one of the most obvious reasons or uh, examples of where I would always doubt what they're saying. I never take the, like, this is always where your government's going to lie. They want this number to be like a, to be a big number. Like, even if it was 350,000, I would argue they would say 500,000, just because it's, it's just, it's what you do and then what these governments do, I mean. They always lie in the, in the interest of what they want it to look like. So their attacks are always way more powerful and their sufferings of attacks are always way less. They didn't do very much. Nobody died, right? There's like Trump's discussion and everyone's got heart, head, head injuries. All thousand of them got head injuries. Nobody died. Yeah, right. 350,000, they say. Almost 348,000 people, including 73,000 children, crossed the Russian border from the DPR in Ukraine. Now, I believe there's a lot of them. Maybe it's that many. Maybe they're being honest with you. But I just always doubt, especially things like this. But we have a lot of evidence showing people are flooding out of these areas, especially when you realize what these people really are. When they openly take actions like this and they openly tell you they want to ex ethnically cleanse people and they're openly bigotry and racism coming out of these people, they're coming out of these, these entities, while the Biden administration and all the people they're walking along with are acting like they're fighting it. Very suspect and very concerning. Now, just finally to end here, but for those laughing, by the way, I did go in the chat in Discord and make it clear that it was not going to be a short show today. <laughs> Even though I was saying that in the beginning, I added on a bunch of stuff last minute. But just to finish here, 
I pointed this out the other day. We can't miss the crossover. As all this is happening, there's a reason they're so desperately trying to hide what these people are, because there's more going on than just the issue with Russia and Ukraine. That's just the means to an end. As always, happy to use people's lives to achieve their goals. Ukraine silently on March 16th announced its first country now to implement the WEF, the World Economic Forum's Great Reset. Because don't miss that obvious crossover, right? By setting up a social credit application, combining universal basic income, a digital identity, and a vaccine passport, all within their DIA app. All connected back to the digital currency as well. How would we miss that? You cannot, if that is happening, they are a central part of what is supposed to happen. That's my opinion. Now, Jordan Satchdell also points out something I find very interesting. Of course, I think many people will dismiss, and maybe well, I, maybe I should dismiss it. Maybe it's a meaningless data point. But check it out. He says the, tr the triple injected are most likely right now to support World War III over Ukraine. I actually don't think it's that irrelevant. I think there's more to this. And I think the problem, the reality is they would see this as because we're conspiracy theorists, which is actually what this guy says down here. Well, that's because only conspiracy theorists don't take the dangerous injection, right? But I think it's more about people that are will willing to take the propaganda without thinking about it. Well, the government says we should stand with Ukraine, so I stand with Ukraine. Oh, they say I should wear one mask and I'm wearing a mask. Next day's two, I'll wear two. Oh, I should get 17 injections? Well, I should do 17 injections because they said that's what's happening. As much as they don't look at it like that, they are blindly taking it what they tell them the science says when the science literally says the opposite. Well, when everybody who we find out are the triple jabs that are doing it still and ready to take the fourth and they're blindly following the next agenda, it doesn't surprise me at all. And it's the reverse as well. People with the least amount of them are the most open-minded and thinking critically. Shocking. Let's not make a comparison that will distract from the carnage going on, which I agree there's carnage, but it's not the what he's pointing at. I'm talking about the people being annihilated and brutally attacked by the Azov battalions. Let's not let the narrative fall into the hands of conspiracy hunters. Right. How many vaccines did you get? I love it. My response could shock you, but it's confidential. I doubt it. But regardless, the point is that that's he thinks it's conspiracy theory, which is what I might have expected. But finally, here this comes from the Kiev Independent. Zelensky. After the war. We will rebuild everything very fast and very well. Hmm. Every city will, that was affected will get a special development program. What might that be? There will be the best architects, the best companies, and the best projects for every city. And what he means by the best is the lowest possible bidder coming from the U.S. government. Of course, that's what the best is when you're working with a puppet regime, of course. And then you're going to get half of them that don't get finished or completed and they fall apart the next year. That's what happened in Iraq and what always happens with their best, best, our best companies. Lowest bidder is what they mean. Guys, this is the Great Reset. We need to destroy it to rebuild it. Now, I could be wrong, of course. But as the very first country to stand up and go, we're using it all, we need to ask ourselves whether always been part of the agenda. Thank you for being here today. So important to get this stuff out. I just can't get why people don't want to see it. Now, I, I want to, and the last thing I want to point out here, guys, is that I want to give a rousing call here for why I still believe, and even right like I just said right there lastly, I fall for it too. It's hard not to when you're in the midst of the, the fervor around it all, but I'm pretty convinced, the same with COVID-19, the majority doesn't buy this. I really believe that. I think we're consumed in this technic technocratic world today where bots are representing what they want you to think the reality is. I mean, we have to recognize that there's, there's I mean, I would actually, I, I don't know, I forget what the stats are today. I wonder how many Americans don't have Twitter accounts. 
right? Like, even though we pretend that that represents the country or the dialogue, it's not even the truth. There's a lot of people that don't even care to engage in this garbage today, and rightly so. The point is simply this. They want you to think the majority is what they tell you it is, just like with COVID, and that's not true. They still pretend that's the majority. It's simply not. It's very obvious that everybody was convinced that this is uncertain. That's why it just died. Their percentage in the UK and the US just, I mean, like I haven't seen it go point last, past 0.3 in like two weeks. It was like 73.3%. It just died right there because people, even though they're still pushing it, because people see through it because of you, because of what you're doing out there. Same thing with Ukraine. I am convinced that people don't buy this. At the very least, that they're seeing how flimsy this is, seeing that all we're doing is going, someone over there said, so there you go, narrative. You can't question it because fake news is dangerous. You see it. I know you do. Don't fall for the narrative. Don't fall for the Western representation of what the majority is, because only place we get that is from the Western corporate press. And they're liars. I mean, they have been co-opted like anything else from a long time ago. And everybody that eventually stumbles into that reality gets kicked to the side. People like Alison Morrow, people like plenty of other mainstreams that have realized they're being deceived or that they're being the deceivers. Thank you for being here. Keep fighting, guys. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.